0: Welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet. I'm your host, Wim The NBA Finals are over. We are treated to what has to be one of just the nastiest, grittiest, like, um, kind of unwatchable, but also, like, very watchable, um, frustrating, uh you know roller coaster of emotions kind of game it made no sense objectively it was horrible basketball for a large portion of it but here to join me to break it down as he has for the entire finals and also for so much of the uh 2023 NBA playoffs which is now officially over uh producer and co-host Alex Wong. what's going on Alex what's good man um great coverage
1: on the new Raptors coaching hire the last few days um you know he will be introduced tomorrow so we'll have more coverage on that mm. but we'll I, I definitely have first, more yeah. coverage on that if you know what i mean but yeah, i don't it's... know if we can actually say what 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 the coverage is can oh we... yeah well i made i already made jr delete a tweet promoting the show tomorrow
0: <laughs> got oh got you got you cuz yeah. i
1: was like well if the raptors haven't officially announced who the person is maybe we should respect that but Anyways. Who are they saving that surprise for, man? The one person on earth that doesn't have Twitter? Like. Anyways, if you're listening on the podcast, just tune in tomorrow.
0: We'll have a special guest on the show. Uh by the way, if so. you're listening to the podcast tomorrow, a special announcement, we are gonna go live at four PM on uh SportsNet Five Ninety The Fan. Um, yeah, and I believe and streaming on SN on, Now as well. Also, yeah, on SNL we'll we will have a uh, we'll have a special guest and an eight Alex. Sorry. Yeah,
1: well we'll have a very special guest who um Will be starting a new job tomorrow. Right, right, of so, course. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, congrats to the Denver Nuggets, um, first NBA championship. You know, you know, I was watching the game, the game five. And,
0: mm-hmm. You know, you
1: can't. I, th- I think all of us, especially in Toronto, can't help but keep thinking back to the 2019 championship run. Because, because yep. who knows if if you know we'll ever get to those heights in our lifetimes again, and. Yeah, you know, it felt like you know you remember how chaotic Game Five was back in 2019. Oh, I mean, add goodness. to the fact that
0: Kevin Durant was returning that game. Hold on, and hold on. At, yeah, that that's different. That's different. Yeah. That Game Five was a game of basketball. It was chaotic in the sense that like mm-hmm. Nick called that timeout. It was kind of a user loser situation. It was about three minutes left, and then the Golden State Warriors won that streak where they hit three straight three threes and they forced Game Six. And it was chaotic in a basketball sense. This game was chaotic in that it wasn't basketball for like a large portion of the game. So, yeah, I'm sorry. No, Keep this, going, though. Keep going.
1: No, this game was messy. This game was really messy. Um, Shouts to enter Miami. Like, you know, I'm looking <laughs> nah, at the box If score. I'm messy, I'm leaving Miami <laughs> after seeing this, man. I'm not trying to be affiliated. So, I think this is the second time in this series um, that the Nuggets only made five threes and won the game. So, they, they were five of 28 tonight from Mm -hmm. three they missed 10 free throws they had 14 turnovers and they had a bunch of their starters um, including Jokic um, Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray in foul trouble early just played really sloppy in the first half and I don't know man they just I don't know what you saw but I just felt like they just made more plays down the stretch in the heat like the heat just didn't have enough didn't get enough from Jimmy even with his push down the stretch Mm -hmm. questionable shot um, there the three-pointer at the end that could have tied it with I think they still had like 18 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. I just think the role players um all fell back down to earth in this series. Like, like if I'm if I'm a Celtics fan, like I'm definitely punching air because I'm looking at these Caleb Martin lines and, and I'm like, how did he turn into Kevin Durant for like a mm. week and a half there? I'm looking at Gabe Vincent. I'm looking at Max Struess, who I believe is now three of 26 from three in this series in the four losses. So he finished three of twenty-six. In, in the four games from three that they lost. And, you know, I, I thought Spo was testing the basketball gods, putting in Cody Zeller to start the fourth, man. um And I'm not going to say that's the entire. Right away, but... <laughs> I'm not saying no, that's no, the entire no, 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 no. reason they let's lost. Break, let's break it down, though. So Zeller checks it. I believe it was Jokic. They get an easy basket right away. Bro, immediately. Uh, like, yeah, like immediately. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure Jokic just leaned his body into the paint. And the ball just, like, rolled off his shoulder into the net. Uh-huh, and then they uh-huh. go back the other way. You know, Heat Run, they're usually ugly play. I don't know what happens for 17 seconds. Kyle's probably <laughs> dribbling around in two circles trying to find somebody. Uh, Jimmy gets to the basket probably, but then, like, has to take a short break because uh-huh. his ankle's broken, then he has to whip it around to Gabe Vincent. But somehow the ball's at the basket, and Cody Zeller has a chance, I believe, for a putback. Bro, I'm and- <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you,
0: he had to tip the ball five inches. Yeah. Maybe less. Maybe maybe less yeah. than five inches. And if it he it just sometimes- touched the ball, it would have gone Yeah, and it in. just
1: rolls off the entire orange part of the rim. Bro, and- it was a tip-in,
0: and-, <laughs> and Mike Breen yelled, way off!
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't no, even be physically possible.
1: That was the closest way off we have seen in NBA history. <laughs> And then they go back the other way. I think it was Jamal hit the three. yep. and, yep. and it was five nothing. And Spo,, uh, you mentioned this too. Spo did his little jaunt on the court
0: to, Bro, to call he the on the floor. I don't know how he spoke moves so quickly when it comes time for that snap timeout. It's amazing. <laughs> listen,
1: I'm not, listen, it would be too basic to obviously say that Cody Zeller's minutes cost him the series, but uh-huh. it's also fair to say that he added absolutely nothing in any of his minutes. Oh, And I'm just not sure in this one minute, he, he literally played that one minute and it was a minus five tonight. Like, was there literally, was there no other option? Like could, could haywood highsmith or someone just like move to the five or something like was there anything else even for that one minute i really can't believe spo would do that in in a
0: finals like elimination game it it didn't even feel necessary because um we we did see some of kevin love at five which Mm -hmm. was always an option or you honestly the the way this game was and how sloppy it was you could have put like just all five guards out there but i mean Mm -hmm. like I mean, Cody Zeller coming to this game for one minute is incredible. I also love the fact that he got outplayed by DeAndre Jordan, who also made an appearance on purpose, not blocked in a garbage shot. time. Blocked a shot, man. I think he blocked Jimmy, actually. Um, but, like, you have DeAndre Jordan, of all people, making an appearance and a contribution, a genuine positive contribution to the 2023 NBA Finals. It's, it's absolutely incredible, some of the basketball we saw tonight. But no, I mean I think it's fitting that we started with Cody Zeller, even though that one minute was was terrible, but it was like genuinely a horrible minute. And obviously that was immediately rectified by Spo, but the whole entire basketball game was awful. Like it was actually just not good basketball. Like the the fact that we can think back on this game, and I can't like this game just happened, and you're you're asking me for like highlight plays, I honestly can't really give you highlight plays. Like You know, it was a game devoid of beauty. Like, it actually ruined the sport for me watching this game. I was so frustrated. I honestly, I, I, this, the Raptors aren't even involved, but this is a hashtag their name, their names are, okay? Mm. Because the way the officials are permitted, the overwhelming amount of physicality in this game, obviously coming from the Miami Heat, who were just determined to turn this into any sport except for basketball, made it so difficult especially because they also called touch fouls on the Nuggets where, you know, Aaron Gordon can only play seven minutes in the first half, uh, where Jokic had two early fouls, where Jamal Murray had two early fouls. When you had sub when it was called in that way, where it was a standard way against the Nuggets, and then Miami was permitted to do anything. Like, I'm not kidding you. The, the wildest stat to me on this stat sheet right here is seeing Kyle Lowry only with five personal fouls. Because, see, I'm mm. not kidding. I need, I need actually, I, Daryl Morey, use your Ernst and Young powers for good. Do an audit of this game. And count how many fouls Kyle Lowry had. I honestly think Kyle Lowry committed 30 fouls in this game. There were plays where it was like he would commit four fouls on the same play uncalled. And honestly, yo, you know this is a Kyle Lowry of Everything podcast, right? Like, mm. literally the last place we were at Yahoo, when I named the thing Raptors over everything, that was straight up just Kyle Lowry over everything, right? Like, that's how much I love Kyle. I love Kyle. Obviously, he's the grow. Bah, everything like that. The way he destroyed this game of basketball tonight, I honestly... I I get it. Like, I totally understand why everybody who's not a Raptors fan hates this man. Because I couldn't believe I was sitting through a game of basketball when Kyle Lowry did not foul out in two minutes. Because that's what should have happened tonight. The amount of just chicanery, like, just the, I don't even understand. I can't swear on this podcast. But just the amount of, like, non-basketball plays that were happening involving Kyle Lowry was kind of incredible. It it was, and, and this is coming from, like, an absolute Kyle Lowry stand. I have to stand how much – like, this guy had a 30-point triple-double with fouls, man. It's it's unbelievable. He was so good at fouling.
1: I got to disagree. You know, to me – What? To me, when Kyle is on this level, it's performance art for me. Like, I'll give you – I'll give you that it's definitely not basketball – and I think if you're going into a game as a basketball observer, trying to watch a game of basketball. I'm trying to watch game five of the NBA know. finals, man. You, this- you're trying to watch game five of the finals, but you can't help but be captivated by Kyle, who I believe spent the entire second quarter. His one job was to find a way
0: to get Jokic's third foul, yes. which which he failed at. And, well, the first sequence yeah. he tried at that, Jokic made a spin move in the paint <laughs> slowly, like not out of control, slow spin move. Like it, it wasn't a spin move. It was a turn move, all right? This guy's just pivoting. And Kyle, like, not only did he exaggerate the contact, but he stayed down as if he wanted to get the flagrant review. Didn't ultimately get that because referees are like, no, just no. Like it's it's like when your dog pees on the carpet, you just goes no, okay. That play and the next play down, Kyle literally has both his arms yanking Nikola Jokic and trying to pull his arm out the socket, and somehow that's not called a foul on a on a uh, blockout for a rebound. And somehow Jokic doesn't overreact and push Kyle over, which is like the – I don't understand. Anybody else in that situation would have fought him. Like, you know what I mean? A, a man is physically using two hands, jumping, pulling your arm down, and on consecutive plays, that's what he was doing. Like, And, and that's just a slice of the, of the of the shenanigans that Kyle was up to, man. I no, couldn't it a,
2: believe
1: this, No, man. It, it was amazing, man. I think there was one play on offense, too, where – he was going up for a three like pump fake, try to draw a foul. And, and one of the nuggets actually like kicked him in the face. But in the process of drawing the foul, he was ruled that he wasn't shooting yet. Uh, I kind of love those Kyle plays too, where he goes through all this effort, like mm-hmm. takes a, takes a, takes a Adidas sneaker uh, footprint to the face. And it's just an inbound. <laughs> so uh, you have to respect, you have to respect the performance art, man. I, I know like, I know when Kyle Lowry plays like this, it does become a referendum uh, on basketball, but. I don't know. It's probably because I've watched him all these years and stuff. I really don't mind it, man. It's such an entertaining side plot to a
0: game. Well, first off, it was like, let's be completely honest. It was 100% effective, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not only was he doing good, positive basketball things, like pushing the pace, like hitting some pull-up threes, which is huge. His physicality and everything like that was great. Obviously, when it's not called, like, you, you can only play to what the officials are. And I felt like the officials are completely bullied by the heat, period, across the board. But the guy studying the tone in terms of that intensity was Kyle. Like, obviously, all the Heat come out, they do the usual Heat culture stuff. Kyle's like, no, I'm taking it one step further, man. This is Kyle culture. And, like, as the game went on for Miami, the entire Heat team adopted Kyle culture. Like, (laughs) it just wasn't basketball for so much of it. And the fact that, like, this game almost came down to the fact that, you know, Jimmy Butler, who, after hitting two threes, which was awesome, jumps up, kicks his leg out, fully clips Aaron Gordon in the nuts who is standing vertically, contesting in, in a phone booth, everything tech, picture perfect. He kicks him in the nuts. And the fact that Mark Davis and the officiating crew has the audacity to go to the review and still call that as it was originally officiated, that the whole game almost came down to that. Right, like this was very close. They're very nearly a one possession. Like this could have very closely been a one possession game where the Nuggets lost. And can you just imagine the amount of coverage, the amount of replays we saw in that? Like honestly, the fact that the the Nuggets closed it out and that KCP made some free throws at the end, that Bruce Brown made some free throws at the end, and Jimmy Butler took a quick three or whatever. Like that actually took the refs off the hook because if this game was allowed to stand in terms of Miami got the result, there would be two straight days of just, just so much coverage on the officiating. I, I was so disappointed in terms of me sitting down, excited to watch game five of the NBA finals and just seeing this abomination of basketball. Like it wasn't, they weren't making plays. And to be fair, the nuggets were completely discombobulated based on this. And maybe this is the only way the Miami heat could compete with Denver in this scenario, right? You make it to so that you throw so many, you know, fouls and, you know, zones and double teams and, you know, everything short of pantsing a guy like, you throw, you throw so many banana peels on the court that eventually you, you make the whole thing look like a circus. But, like, the Nuggets actually did fall for it, and they stopped playing their game. And for 48 minutes, nobody really got any rhythm. Nobody really got any sort of semblance. Even Jokic, who was the calmest dude on earth, it feels like. Even after the game, when they were like, Jokic, how does it feel to win your first ever NBA championship? And he's like, um, our job is done. We can go home now. Like, it, this guy gave me Kawhi Leonard-level quotes after winning the championship. Even Kawhi showed emotion after that. Even Jokic was snapping in the third quarter. Like, it, it just—it was unbelievable how much this game wasn't basketball. Like, I—it's—it's I, it's mind-boggling to me.
1: Yeah, well, I think thankfully, then I speak for everyone that that the series is over now, because mm-hmm. I—I I feel like we had watched enough to know that Denver was the better team. And <laughs> I all- never want to see the Heat again, man. <laughs> yeah. So the Heat basically regressed back to 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 where they were in the regular season. Um, I need to add up their record because they finished the uh, playoffs two and seven in their last nine games. Hmm. Cause they cause they went one and three against the Celtics okay. after going up 3 0. I don't know if a team has ever had a 2-7 and seven stretch in the postseason <laughs> uh, and made the finals. But if you check if you check the box scores or if you just watching the games in these finals, like this was more of I think the regular season version of the heat. Like you saw them have like a five, six minute scoring drought in the first half in the first quarter. And I think they went through that again at one point, I think there were two of 14 from the field in the fourth quarter uh, until Jimmy decided to take over and across the board, like they didn't, you know, injury, injury or not. Like they just didn't get any of those superstar performances from Jimmy yeah, in, in yeah. these finals. And, you know, bam was a score, but, but not an efficient score. Um, and if you look across everybody else on this team, like, outside of Kyle's performance art, like, none of those other role guys that I mentioned, like, none of them had a huge game, mm-hmm. like, in this entire series. So, like, they did regress back, but but I got to give credit to them. You know, they did their job. They created maximum chaos in the East to the point where the Celtics, I think, have had to spend, like, $50 million to hire, like, seven new assistant coaches um, to surround Joe mm. Um, You know, Giannis has shaved his head and is, like, starting a whole new story arc. Just Wait, he cause he his head? lost, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a new look now. <laughs> so he's going through it right now. He might show up blonde. He might show up blonde at training camp. At this Wait, point, did he like shave his head?
0: Like clean shave, or is that it's like he like, buzzed it? He buzzed it, but he's okay, definitely okay.
1: like going with a
0: very brand new look. Like he's definitely trying to rebrand.
1: Why off is it that, this
0: first round defeat? So. Why is it that men think we can change our our just our haircut and and where our problems have gone away? Or, or a different because because men because men are basic
1: yeah
0: okay like we're, all right. we're very basic people all right that's um, you know what that that's fair but I, I i mean yeah i i think your point about jimmy is interesting because i'm really curious to see like what the fallout is going to be like i i know jimmy twisted his ankle and i really mm-hmm. do feel like in after game one of the uh nick series we saw so many up and down performances from jimmy like mm-hmm. we all knew what he was capable of even in this game he reminded us what that was where he knocked down those two threes and then kicked his leg out for that extra three which again i can't believe mark davis was allowing that to stand that is such an i'm, I'm sorry man i i, I hate no, being that the was, officials guy that was a terrible
1: call you're, this you're is right all time this their names I, I, are game i i think sticking to that point i think you get they of course get away with it because because the nuggets end up winning but you're yeah. right like that would have been like egregious yeah like like right. that would have been egregious um and, and i think it would have been way more egregious because like no offense to like the nuggets fan base like this isn't one of those like top tier kind of fan fan bases, like a, like a Boston or the Lakers. Like imagine if like one of those teams got one of these calls in the finals, we'd, we'd be talking about it. Like you said, for like eight days.
0: No, it it would lead CNN. Like it it would be like (laughs) around the clock coverage. (laughs) Anderson Cooper will be like, (laughs) I was
1: was just going to say, man, is
0: Anderson Cooper going to have to break down this corner foul, man. Holy. By the way, Anderson Cooper and, uh, and Mike Breen kind of got that same, like gene of like, you know, just like that silvery, fox old man but Mm, also kind of still suave and once again once again once again men are basic yeah does does he have (laughs) his version of bang is is there is there i mean i I would assume he's not saying bang when he's reporting on wars and stuff oh like like politics and stuff like is there a politics catchphrase yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. okay we're gonna have to we're gonna have to look into that
0: got you got you anyway regardless um yeah I, i think with butler like i'm curious to see like what The issue is like, is he gonna have like surgery after the seat, like after this whole thing is done now? Because, like, it just felt to me like half the time he was Jimmy Butler and that same, like, not even just like that superstar that we saw in the first round, but just like it felt like only half the time he could really get his game off, and another half of the time he wasn't even doing anything. Like, in this game for 40 minutes, he did nothing. And that's not, I'm not trying to disrespect Jimmy. Um, but it was so far below what his standard was um, from when he's good that I just don't understand sort of like how he can come in and out of these games. It, to me, like, whether he was worn out, whether it was an injury, what it was, like, it just – it's been so erratic from him, and I think obviously they need a lot more from it. Like, I, I think I heard Mark Jackson say, like, 25 times in this – like, after every commercial break, after every timeout, after every, you know, commercial break or discussion or whatever, Mark Jackson will come back and he would be like, all right – this is where Jimmy Butler's got to step up and be the man here. And like until that one, minute, literally just one minute of, of of scoring nine points, he didn't have that impact on this game. And I think that's so disappointing because like, I think Bam played his heart out this whole series, um, took it to Jokic every single time, even though Jokic just ragdolled him on the other end, tried his best to rebound. You know, his screens was like half the off, not even half, like 80% of the offense for Miami, it felt like. Even when it wasn't him scoring, it was him freeing up Duncan Robinson or whoever, or Strews or Butler or whoever. His screening was huge. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, the Heat role players are just – they're just role players at the end of the day. Like, there's only so much you can expect out of them. I thought some pretty good adjustments, too, by Mike Malone to, like, um, blitz a lot of the Duncan Robinson dribble handoffs, which I think really confused him. He wasn't really comfortable making decisions when he couldn't really turn downhill or drive. Um, and he couldn't get the shot off as well. I don't think he's a good passer. And so – you know, that one play, which completely befuddled the Boston Celtics in the last series where Duncan Robinson come off the triple handoff with uh, Bam, the Nuggets just blitzed him. And a lot of that was Jokic, who showed the energy intensity to do that as, as you know, 7-footer to come above the three-point line. But that really neutralized a lot of what Duncan Robinson was doing. Um, and Kyle just Kyle. Like, this is, this is as good of a game you could possibly expect from Kyle. Like, if you can't win with Kyle, Lowry, giving you four threes for 12 points with nine rebounds, four assists, two steals, a block— 25 fouls like you got to be able to do something with that and it just feels disappointing that like this game was fully right there for miami and jimmy just couldn't deliver outside of just the one out of the 41 minutes that he played like i don't want to make it i don't want to be insensitive like i appreciate jimmy butler like i, I remember even one of the shows we did i even highlighted like i don't feel like i see weaknesses in his game but i don't understand this sort of like disappearing act like i i just can't wrap my mind around how he could be that guy who like took out the heart of the milwaukee bucks and like stared at Giannis, stared at drew holiday stared at chris middleton and just like just ate their their lunch and then he comes here and like honestly i i don't know man this guy gave us a prime air on a flaw. This guy look like Corey mcgetty out there man mm, no
1: this guy said who he played for man um no i think i think that's fair and again i guess you could attribute some of it to injury but but then again like you know I, f- I feel like it's hard to play that game it's like whenever a guy struggles like late in the playoffs mm-hmm. and stuff like like we start talking about that cuz i like i was look i'm looking at jimmy's numbers from when they made the finals last time in, in the bubble against the lakers and he was like incredible in that series oh, yeah. right? like yeah, he yeah, averaged yeah. 26.2 points 8.3 rebounds 9.8 assists you know obviously had that iconic game um and that iconic photo where he was just exhausted mm. um and like you could feel his impact there like he was going toe to toe with with LeBron for a lot of that series and like like you say you didn't feel that in this series you didn't really feel that in the Boston series too outside of him picking spots and I noticed a lot too it was him like I don't know like maybe some credit does have to go to the Nuggets defense but a lot of times I felt like he would like drive to the basket and just like not have the lift to Mm. like finish his moves and he'd have to like
0: whip those crazy wraparound passes to to all the role players who were missing threes the late turnover where um, he, like, drove but kind of went mm. into a jump stop and then tried to spin. I mean, at that point, I think the Nuggets knew exactly what was coming. He had, he didn't take a mid-range shot. It felt like all night. So they knew to sort of wait for him at the basket when he drives. And then he, like, got stuck and kicked it out, and that's when KCP got the steal in the last minute there before KCP got fouled. Also, Kyle took in the foul. Like, man, we've talked about Kyle's elite basketball IQ, but there was a four-second shot clock game clock differential there and maybe you want to play for the stop um and 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 maybe it's not even a good scenario in terms of having only like three seconds let's say to to make a play to score three points to force overtime but Kyle or, or I guess no the Nuggets were only up one so yeah like maybe I don't know maybe three seconds is too little time but ultimately Kyle took the foul even though he didn't need to um in that moment. But that whole play came about because Jimmy made the wrong read and wasn't really willing to shoot. And, ah, uh, I, I hate seeing a great player go out in that way. Like, I think this playoff run should be remembered and celebrated for Jimmy Butler in the sense that like, he has so many great moments and he took this unlikely heat team to this moment. But then once you're there for him to not show up, it's just kind of odd, you know?
1: Yeah, no, for sure, man. Uh, did you hear his comments today about, uh, if he gets, uh, elected to the hall of fame, that he's not going to attend. <laughs> yeah what why he just what? said that oh it's an individual award <laughs> it's going too far man Yo, he, that, oh that, what what level of heat culture is he at man just just go to your hall of fame ceremony like it, literally anyone else bro i was gonna say who has ever turned down a hall of fame ceremony man? that's Even- more yeah that's so gimmicky too man that that's that's very i don't know man i don't know i guess i guess I, i've reached my annual uh annual stretch of just being tired of heat culture again so we're here again no, I'm, I mean- I'm
0: unsubscribing from heat culture no, this is absolutely the right time to unsubscribe from Heat Culture because it was fun for the first three rounds. But mm. as soon as the finals came and I remember like, you know, um, when I hopped on Pound the Rock with Wolf on for the 300th episode and also when we did the uh, finals preview here with David Thorpe, both times I was like Nuggets and Five because I actually mm. just don't see how the the Heat will throw all these hurdles up before the Nuggets who look so cohesive and look so sort of like unflappable. And I was wrong about that. Like, the Nuggets really were, like, flapped. Like, you look in this game, they were flapping like crazy. Like, I couldn't believe it. Jamal Murray played a pretty bad game, all things considered. Like, pretty bad, right? Michael Porter Jr., he's kind of be celebrated as a hero in this game. I suppose relative to the other players, he looked good. But the number of bad decisions he makes on the floor, it just, it's so frustrating to watch. And it, I just, I still don't think he played a great game, even though he did have 16 points and 13 rebounds. I just felt like if he just made... Half as many mistakes, he he would be twice as good. Right. Aaron Gordon barely played in this game. I and mean, when he did, like he was taking pull-up threes. Like, what? When is Aaron Gordon taking pull-up threes from the from the top? Like, guys are losing their, their heads. Um, Bruce Brown couldn't hit any threes, even though he kept jacking them up. Um, and he kind of has this like comic face about him. So when he jacks them up, he misses, and you look and the camera pans over to him, you're just like, What are you doing? Right. Jeff Green had some moments where he looked so old in terms of the way Bam was 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 dusting him one on one. And that's mostly because Gordon and, and Jokic got in a foul trouble in the first half. Obviously Jeff Green can't guard him. Um you know, Christian Braun bricking back to back free throws while they were showing um you know, ESPN was showing the fact that Mike Green was calling his one hundredth game and Oh yeah, they gave him um they went to like Michael's and got him a thirty dollar plaque and put like two <laughs> photos on there. Yeah, they're like, here's your first game with uh Hubie Brandon. Hubie Brown, by the way, looks exactly the same age as he does now, by the yeah. way. Hubie Brown in two thousand and six looks the same as Hubie Brand in twenty twenty three. Um as actually honestly, as does Mike Breen. I feel like he's just looked like that Silver Fox look ever since like I, I he's come into my, you know, conceptual existence. But like mm. I don't think anybody on the Nuggets really played that well, except for Jokic, who quietly had 10 points in the fourth quarter and and, and was absolutely vital in terms of just like when they got the ball to Jokic, and I couldn't believe he only took 16 shots, having played 42 minutes. But when they got the ball to Jokic, he was the port in the storm. He would lean on a guy, flip shot, you know, a little runner, you know, the usual Jokic stuff. Wasn't even hitting all those jumpers and stuff like that today, but just efficiently going to the basket, contesting everything. I thought he played an amazing game defensively as well. Um Jimmy Butler just was very afraid to attack and try to shoot when, when Butler or when, uh Jokic was at the rim all series, did a great job rebounding, contesting. Like, I, I, yeah, I mean, Jokic played amazing. And, and that's the main reason why the Nuggets won in a game like this. Because otherwise, if the Heat were allowed to walk away with this game based on the game that they played, I'm so sick. You can tell the disgust in my voice right now. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just mad at the sport of basketball. Like, I'm mad at Adam Silver for allowing this to happen. No, it's all good,
1: man. You know, I think, I think, you know, outside of looking at how Denver played tonight, and I think you're right. Like, if, if I'm, if I'm rooting for Miami, like I'm actually pretty upset looking back on this series, feeling like there was a couple more games that that I could have taken, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. like if just a couple of our guys just stepped up in in, in some of these stretches. But but shouts to Denver, man! Like they they ended up they ended up how many games did they lose? Yeah, they ended up sixteen and four in these playoffs, which is a man. pretty dominant run, right? And oh, look yeah. the way they they took care of um uh, you know Big Mao and the Wolves, four uh, one in the first round. Um, and, and then, of course, the 4-2 against the Suns after losing those two games in Phoenix, sweeping the Lakers and, and, and handling the heat, um, including winning all these road games, right? They haven't <coughs> lost a road game since the one where uh, Matt Ishbia pushed Jokic. Like, yeah, like they yeah. went in the Lakers and took all the games. They took care of business in Miami. And this was just impressive. Like I remember coming into the playoffs and all season, we did all these segments about trying to pick some of these other teams and trying to find a reason to talk about the parody in the West. And some of it was because like the nuggets kind of, you know, they, they kind of led up in that last couple weeks of the season, last month of the season, just because they had pretty much locked up the one seed, but all along, it was the team that was the best in the West all season really proved themselves in the playoffs. So many questions coming in about Jokic and like, Obviously, super thrilled for Jamal Murray to his story coming from uh, back from his ACL tear. You know, seeing him in tears on the court, and just think about these other guys too. You know, unfortunately, you know, you mentioned Aaron Gordon. You know, he made Kyle Lowry eat a basketball there in the fourth quarter with a block. Oh man, I'm <laughs> so- not gonna lie. By that point, I
0: was rooting for Aaron Gordon.
1: <laughs> oh God. I was that's really a, That's Gordon, a big man.
0: turn. Um, the, things like, that, <laughs> the things that Kyle Larry was doing to the of basketball tonight uh, needs to be tried. Like, what, what's the basketball versions of The Hague? Like, we, we
1: need to go nah, there. Oh, man. This guy's calling Levy, man. He vets
0: making brisket, bro. Um, Yo, by the <laughs> way, Kyle, his personality, he should just, be, when he retires, he should just become a lawyer. No head coach or nothing, man.
2: Mm, you know what no, I mean? No, would, no, no, he, no, no, Kyle no, no. Lowry, be,
0: if Kyle became a brother. head coach in the NBA, he would make Nick Nurse look like a saint. Brother, he
1: should be a ref.
0: I want to oh, see. Yeah. I want to see Kyle ref a game, man.
1: <laughs> He'll be like, "Yo, yeah, you crawl through through his legs. That's that's clean and one, yeah." <laughs> Yo, I want to see him ref, man. Yo. Him calling charges would be amazing. They should at least let him do it at an all-star game, just like a fun setting, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think no, that'd be amazing. No, man, Kyle's. Oh, man. You know, obviously, Kyle's the girl. Like again, like I, I have to. Su- I cannot stress this enough. Obviously, I love Kyle, but. um, no, yeah, how, his, can his, not, his, how, his, how can you not? How can you not objectively laugh at Kyle when you watch the? Nobody plays
1: like Kyle Lowry.
0: His like, legacy outside of Toronto like is, but I think it speaks to his competitiveness, like more than anything else. And that part of is course. admirable, right? Like I think there's certain competitors, and um, I, I might be speaking a little bit from experience, but just like there's certain competitors where it becomes like we all talk about it as a game, and we sometimes obviously this is a, a professional game, so this is a job but some people see it as way more than that. You know what I mean? And there's this like extra level of competitiveness that not everyone can reach. And I Mm. know Kyle reaches it every single day. (laughs) Yeah. And it's amazing. Like, you know, like I, I, yeah, like as, as someone who, you know, will commit a, a, a terrible flagrant foul here or there for no reason. Like I, I understand where he's coming from, but I also understand like how that level of destruction on the game itself. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, look, listen. The Heat won as far as they they possibly really could with this, right? Like, honestly, like if if the Miami Heat ultimately had won the twenty twenty three NBA championship, like what does that say about the entire league? And I understand that like they they essentially like you know demoralized three teams in the Eastern Conference on their way to getting to this point, and they kind of almost did it to Denver. I mean, like Game Four, there was a real moment there where you know the refs called that horrible fifth foul on Jokic. And there was a huge opportunity for the Heat to come back there. Instead, the, the 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 Nuggets bench really step up and make a whole bunch of plays. And then this game, obviously, it was right there for the taking for Miami, but they couldn't do it. Um, But, like, what does it really say about the league? Because, like, the Heat, to me, aren't necessarily the best team in the league, but what they do is they make you play perfect basketball and they throw all these curveballs at you and they force you to win at their game. And finally, we saw a team, like, in the Nuggets who were just – especially just one player in, in in Jokic because this is the difference between like Jamal and Jokic for example like Jamal played great in a lot of parts of this uh series so I don't want to take anything away from him but like there's a different level in terms of the way Jokic just could not be shaken and he w- refused to make mistakes even when his whole team if the whole game was just like this comedy of errors Jokic at the end is just like all right I'm gonna make the right play here or there I'm gonna lean I'm gonna I'm gonna cut through their zone I'm gonna punish this mismatch i'm gonna get this rebound i'm gonna make the right pass here or there i'm gonna make the contest and ultimately they win the game and yeah i mean one of my i think long after this whole series is done and this whole season is done when i think back on it i, I did think it was a bit of an odd trophy presentation I, you know i think lisa salters tried her very very best and obviously she's mm. like one of the goats at this game um, nah. in terms of what she does but like she couldn't get anything out of Jokic, man. I've never seen a man so disinterested in winning an NBA championship. But yeah, but, yeah I don't even blame Lisa for that, man.
1: Like yeah, no, I, she I, she I, interviewed I, him
0: I, twice I, and he didn't say anything.
1: You no, know, he literally said, "I'm just ready to go home." And I think, I think all playoffs we've seen Jokic display that kind of attitude, right? Like even during the season when he was asked about the MVP. Like, you know, he was very dismissive of all of these things. But you figure when you finally win the championship, maybe there would just be this, like, outpouring of emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even his two brothers I saw were, like, tearing up in the stands. Um, And those are two of the toughest-looking dudes that I've ever seen. Like, Mm -hmm. just letting their emotions out in the moment. Jamal Murray, Michael Malone, like, so many of these guys. But, yeah, like, I I was a little bit surprised, too, that Jokic remained so stoic about it. Like, I'm sure he's thrilled about it, obviously, but... For for him not to, like, give Lisa Salters or give anyone one of those moments is actually pretty funny. Yeah. No, it's... Like, did you want him just, like, on a scale of one to, like, anything is possible,
0: just give us something, you know? Bro, like, shout out Serbia, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's like, it's Serbia, just...
1: this one's for you! That would have been hard!
0: <laughs> That yeah, because be they were, so they were showing
1: like, the Serbia watch party. It was like five in the morning
0: there. Yeah, they weren't that hype either. Maybe this is a general lack of energy. Uh, also, like in, uh, not, not trying to not trying to shade Kitchener. Shout out to Kitchener,
1: and I know, I know, there's been like some features or, or like um, on, on like the Kitchener watch parties, but I uh-huh. haven't seen a lot of footage of that too, man. What are they watching? Then, is that Phils? Is anybody? At, I'm not. I'm not familiar with Kitchener. So if anybody, if anybody is in Kitchener, can you let us know what the watch party situation was? Like, was there? hundreds of people gathered around did you guys celebrate in a bar i I would love to know because i I thought they were gonna pan to that too
0: because they pan to the serbia one
1: a lot so
0: um i I, I, i'm not gonna lie to you very little i i just i know very little about uh kitchener in general Mm. Uh, kitchener waterloo the kw like i just i don't know that much about it other than like Shows a Blackberry, I, the movie. Yeah. yeah. At any given moment, 20% of the Kitchener population are um, Chinese kids getting engineering degrees. Mm. Um, I literally I just know Kitchener is...
1: from, like, like Blake Murphy and, and Ali Khan from the Blue Jays tweeting about it all the time. I thought AK's from Mississauga. But I feel like AK's made a lot of Kitchener
0: references, too. Oh, maybe? No, I think he went to school there. I ah, think okay. he went to school okay, there, okay. yeah. AK. I think him and Assad yeah. went to school at Laurie, I believe. Okay, okay. okay. Um... Yeah, when Blake makes his, uh, what is it, 519? Is it 519? I think it's 519, yeah. Is 519 the area code, or, or is that Rey Mysterio? Oh, um, no.
1: <laughs> Yo, that shouldn't have been that funny, man. Damn, Damn you got
0: one. Um Damn, but, you like, got one, killer. Okay, all right, bro, relax. Yeah, that's London. It, no. sorry. Oh, that's London. Yeah,
1: sorry. sorry. Oh, my God, sorry, man. We got to let that joke breathe a little bit. <laughs> Okay, that was
0: heat. All right, all right.
1: All right yeah, five one nine. Yeah, no. Kitchener. It's
0: I. I think for me, like I, I'm looking forward to learning more about Kitchener or Waterloo. Are, and sort of you, Like, what's over like there?
1: again, no disrespect, but are you really? Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, I okay. suppose. No. If but anybody
1: I, worked at BlackBerry, I'm looking for vintage BlackBerry merch, like employee stuff. So please hit me up. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, but he's actually serious about this. So please uh, actually, I am actually like, serious. Please message me. Yeah. Do you want my BlackBerry Pearl from 2011?
1: Uh, I would actually gladly take it. Yeah.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. Right. I think it's somewhere still at my parents' house. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 man, I was big on BlackBerry. By the way, BlackBerry, though in 2010, they mm-hmm. owned the student uh, st- oh, student market, man. Student market? I mean,
1: obviously, Bro. I'm a little older than you. Like, I got my first BlackBerry at work. And okay. it was life-changing. It was life-changing.
0: Well, you were an accountant, so, like, you were the prime market for Blackberries. Oh, we had to have a... Like, we weren't even given a choice. We were issued a BlackBerry. It Is it like when people make... You know how people make fun of you now where they're like oh you screwed up the, the group chat because um you don't use an iphone oh like the you green know... bubbles or something yeah like because yeah. you actually want to you know have customizable settings instead of just mm. like this defunct you know no options phone um but like you know like how people make fun of you not having an iphone is that like back then where you're like oh man you screwed up the bbm like I can't even text you because it costs me money, but I can BBM you for free. Yeah, back then the BBM was such a life hack. Like when you ask people oh, if you yeah. had a
1: BBM and then they, I can't say, like, I don't know how how it worked back then. Like they would send you their BBM like ID or something and you mm-hmm. just add them on there. Um, yeah, BlackBerry had a run, man. It's kind of wild to me. Cause like, I guess, I guess starting work and like having the BlackBerry doesn't seem like so long ago to me, but I guess it is. It's been like 15 mm. plus years now, but like BlackBerry to me is still a pretty modern thing. And to see them like make a movie about it for it to be like, just basically out of the market now like it's kind of wild to me because you're right like blackberry had a crate like pretty long run man like everybody Bro, had a blackberry
0: everybody had a blackberry I, I especially remember like just going to university at that time and that's when I forgot my first cell phone I think for a lot of people probably similar in that experience hmm. um where you know my parents only got me a cell phone once I got to university and uh, because that was probably the only time I really needed one and yeah like there was no other option for me like I was going for the blackberry I was, also like I don't know man like it felt like everybody was choosing that one over anything else maybe it was just cuz the iPhone wasn't as pop spot- like it existed at that time but it was just kind of this brick and I'm like how is this different from iPod touch um and then also like Android probably just wasn't even so much of a thing so it was like do you want a flip phone you know what i mean do you want the Nokia oh not the no no the Sony Ericsson oh yeah like- Sony Ericsson Nokia
1: was hard at the time
0: and like yeah, i just yeah, looked yeah. it
1: up too like iPhone didn't even come to market till like 2007
0: yeah, yeah, yeah so, Exactly. So, like so it for wasn't a as period, It was Blackberry. Yeah. yeah. So Blackberry really owned the game. And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. But then my parents were like, You're gonna they, I think they took me to like, you know, the telecommunications company that won't won't be named. And oh okay. It's a competitor. Yes. Yeah. It's I don't even remember it was either one, to be honest. But oh, they were okay. kind of like, No, we don't want to pay for this phone. Can you go get a like unlocked phone somewhere, please? Mm. So I I remember explicitly going to Mobilicity at the time. Oh up okay. at uh man, where was it? islington and, and rexdale boulevard there's like a plaza there where hamdies is um mm, and i've heard you mention these intersections and, and names yeah. it's like across from a walmart mm, and i went there really, and i got really I, helps. I, I went to the Mobility and the next the store next to mobilicity had like a used cell phone place and i got myself a blackberry pearl that was used mm. man i used that thing for a long time man playing brick breaker on that oh yeah it
1: wasn't wasn't there like a snake game too i remember yeah um, there was, was snake too Snake, I think it was just like the the basic game that was on there. Um, mm. Yeah, I remember. I think I, had, I think the last BlackBerry I had was the BlackBerry Bold. Uh, I had the BlackBerry Bold as well. That's when I finally upgraded, which was felt amazing. The BlackBerry uh, Bold was fire, man. I think just the look of it. Mm. I don't know, man. The BlackBerry, just the aesthetic, and back then, like having that keypad. Yo, like, it was, it was, was just it like was huge. it was a game changer, man.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: man, I miss the BlackBerry. I, I wish there could be a way for people to just bring back BlackBerry or something. Like, I mean, a group of us just just BBM or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds well, like mean, some cult culture cult stuff. Yeah. I suppose you you wouldn't have to anymore. I think Masai was the last person on Earth to use the BlackBerry. Oh, Shouts yeah. to Masai. Uh, I but I think I- even he's converted now. He's got one of those like flip, oh. like the flip phones where you can like the two phones in oh, one. Oh
1: man, let's do uh, since we did the Milos Tiodosic uh, Alex Wong Q and A. Let me find this Masai Ujiri Alex Wong Q and A.
0: Wait, what?
1: Where I asked him about his no. BlackBerry. And no, then, bro. I don't know if I can find anyways. Keep talking. Are you telling yeah, me? So-,
0: you've, so, you're telling me basically you have done what we clown Oren Weisfeld for on the last reaction podcast, which was when he did the Team Smooth versus Team Groomed um, no, behind the was, scenes Gillette this, commercial. This
1: was Giants of Africa, though. Come on. This this was on oh, a okay, Blackberry. Okay. Like, I just asked him about it. Um, got gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then he got mad at me. Why? Um, I was like, so here's my vice interview uh, question from me. To to your knowledge, are you the only GM in the league that uses a Blackberry? This is from 2015. And he's like, I always like to claim that Obama uses a Blackberry, so I don't care what any of you guys say. And the way he said it, he oh, was. Oh, you were sensitive of, about it? He was a little bit, even though I put in a l- laughs in there for him. Um, yeah. But he was not laughing, like, huh? I'm, no. And then I'm like, yeah, I just see everybody using Androids and iPhones, man. Uh, maybe this is why you guys never leak any trade rumors. He's like, that's right. I'm telling you that BlackBerry, man, safest in the business. And then he gave his Maasai laugh. And that was the end of the conversation.
0: That's yeah. Give me <laughs> give me more on the setting. Like where was the, it? Was this a one on one? Was this a scrum? Were, no, this a this was a one on one to promote some Giants of Africa stuff. This was back in, like, you, 2015.
1: So it would have been, like, early in his tenure, I think. 2015. So you're telling me yeah.
0: your Masai Jerry interview is almost as embarrassing as my Masai Jr. interview at the <laughs> season tickets holder
1: event. Oh, Oh, man, we have some classics, man. Is that one still on? We got to pull the audio for that for, like, next season or something, man. Oh, my God. How have no, the, we still not pulled that? We've never used it. The like, funniest
0: thing, for people who don't, who don't know and, and honestly i don't know why people would know but um mm. 2013 i was still a student at that time um but i was blogging with raptors republic who had season tickets and 2013 was the year that tim like brought messiah jerry on to the raptors from denver mm. um and as part of the season ticket holder event i don't know if they still do that anymore but they had like a QA with um maasai and it was sort of a meet and greet you know kind of one of those things where you come to the arena you know maasai gets a speech tim gets a speech ask a couple questions and then afterwards you can get on the court take some photos uh, of yourself on the court probably taking can you take selfies with the blackberry bold because i probably was holding a blackberry bold at uh, that time.
1: i feel i feel like it's not possible man
0: yeah yeah um so you know because raptor's public had the tickets i think zarar was like you know does anyone want to go and me being super eager i like shot my hand i was like yes i would absolutely love to go so i got to go to the season ticket holder event i remember i put on my best like quote-unquote work outfit because like you know i didn't know what kind of event it was going to be i thought a lot of people were going to be rich there probably were it's a season ticket holder event um so i I wore my best like winner's outfit you know what i mean like dress pants dress shoes and i got this like horrible magenta um dress shirt that I've been wearing. Man, you still have I, it, man? That stuff is and like this, part of Raptor's history now, man. I, I I think it probably is my parents' house as well. Um and I had this like ten dollar Chinatown haircut, maybe even eight dollars at that time. Mm. But it was a horrible haircut. You must have tipped, so it we'll would say ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope you tipped (laughs) No, I definitely tipped, but I think I tipped more than $2. But regardless. um, Otherwise, they bring the scissors at your eyes next
1: time.
0: (laughs) I mean, it could help, honestly. Just based on what my hair looked like at the moment. But go to this season ticket holder event. I'm mad nervous. And then I'm like, Mm. you know what? I'm here. I might as well try to ask the question. Because everyone else is sort of just like, hey, Masai, welcome to the city. You know, like, what did you like about Toronto? Uh, Mm. A lot of people were like, you know, maybe even asking some roster questions in terms of like, hey, who are you going to sign us a Fridge? And ha-ha, or like, who are you going to draft this year? Ha-ha, right? Like, but then I got the mic and, you know, I'm standing up in front of there. And I think um, Kat Stefanowicz, who uh, was the former Raptors um, in arena host. And she comes over with the microphone and she's like, okay, we got this guy over here. He wants to ask a question. And for, uh, for me, it was like the first time I've ever asked like a question in any sort of like media kind of setting, even though this wasn't media, but in my mind, it mm. kind of was. And I like took the mic and I was like, Um, you know, the LA Lakers, uh, they were able to build a successful model, um, with three, three spigs with Lamar Odom and Powell Gasol and Andrew Bynum. And I think this was roughly around that time where they were starting to be good, but also fading out. And, and then I was, I I don't even remember what, what the question went. I was probably just thinking about like, are you going to try to build with bigs or with, with, with guards, but the microphone just like crapped out like five times. So there was just like huge screech throughout the entire arena and i don't know what messiah said but yeah somehow this is actually up on youtube it's very embarrassing but it's from 2013 i didn't even know it was messiah i thought it was tim Lawicki. no it was tim with messiah on the court oh that's amazing yeah. man no i think it was amazing. also because i drank like two glasses of the free wine that they offered um before the actual because they gave you like wine and snacks beforehand and then they Brought us out to, you know, Scotiabank and set us in the 100s and the Messiah came out. Oh, whatever. this
1: must have been like the best event um, because this was before AC Fan Flight.
0: Man. Oh, that was, this was way before AC. This was life-changing for me at that time, man. That yeah. was like, wow, I can't wait to, you know, become a reporter and, and, and be slightly less <laughs> embarrassing with the question. Yeah, and punch the wall in the ra- in the vaunted no, radio booth that, that's, that's, where that's the 1960s. Where then actually the
1: 1967 Maple Leafs did not win the cup there, I
0: bet. You know, honestly, having seen Kyle Dubas, who obviously has left Toronto now, but the Mm. the Leafs GM do the exact same thing Mm -hmm. in that exact same room, I'm like, you know what? Like, it was kind of weird seeing those clips
1: during the playoff run because of just like how similar it was. No, I know you were getting PTSD, man. No, like, I I could not stop laughing because, like, it was so like him throwing the water bottle. Um, just him, like, getting up or him just, like, swearing or, like, banging the table, like, uh-huh. the exact mannerisms.
0: Yeah. Like, no, you like- were like Jason Spezza in that moment.
1: No, I, I legit was Spezza, man. <laughs> so when you go to the Pittsburgh Penguins, <laughs> I'm coming too, bro.
0: <laughs> Is Jason Spezza his, like, Nate Bjorkren?
1: I think. I think so. But Spezza, Spezza just recently retired. So, like, Dubas actually brought him in to, like, play for a little bit. And okay. then when he retired, he like joined the front office right away. But but they are like very, I think, like tied to the hip. But that's the um yeah, that's the extent of the hockey knowledge I know. You gotta you gotta ash Ailish four far at eight thirty when you do your hits, man. Mm. Yo, by the way,
0: um I, I've been seeing all these photos of Jamal Murray looking really emotional. It just reminded me of um last year, not not this season, but this past season. Um, I, I was at Bank Arena. I think obviously we went there early, like two and a half hours, probably three hours before the game. And at that time it was like mostly, um, just like, I don't know, dancers and the national singers. Like they were trying to like do their warm up, and very few players were out there, but Jamal was out there early and it was just kind of like, he clearly wasn't dressed to play. He wasn't clear to come back, but he was just kind of like dribbling the ball. Like just, he just couldn't, he was just walking around with the basketball all the time. And eventually players came out and he was like helping all these random like third stringers and the nuggets like warm up and, and, and just trying to be involved and joking with the guys and sort of laughing or whatever. And I think even after the game, it was like, I was recording the reaction podcast and I think Jamal came back out to take some extra shots. Um, and again, all this when, before he was cleared, I think he was probably like working towards coming back, but ultimately I don't think he even came back last season. Um but i just remember seeing him at that moment i was just like man this is clearly a guy who is so passionate about this game who really wants it more than anything else and obviously um you know coming to toronto is always going to be special for him cuz it's the market closest to home for him um but i think more than anything else it was just he wanted to like come back to this game and to like see that he's been able to overcome that injury and actually play and all the emotions pour out of him after um you know he he won the title like i'm just just really proud of him you know what i mean like i i have Obviously, I'm going to root for him because he's Canadian. Uh, He's shown a great commitment to the national team as well. Um, But I also just think that, like, seeing him in that moment, like, I don't know. It it was just you could tell he really wanted something, but he couldn't have it at that time. And finally, he got it back. So,
1: Yeah, for sure, man. I know everybody's talked about, like, after they made the trade for Aaron Gordon a few years ago, they had, like, one eight in a row. And it did look like they were rounding into form to become a contender before he got hurt. And, like, to see, I think, the relationship that Michael Malone has with Jamal Murray as well. And, and Michael Malone was telling a story earlier in the playoffs about how Jamal came to him, like, after he got hurt and was asking if the team was going to trade him mm-hmm. um, and all of this stuff. And, and, you know, that's sometimes, you know, that's 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 the special thing about some of the continuity when you look at these teams, right? Yeah. Like, like you look at the way that Jokic and who who at one time, like, the the franchise was debating between him and uh, Josef Nurkic like which player to like move forward with as, Mm. as they're big. Um, They obviously made the right decision, but it's like, you know, for, for Murray to come in and for him and for Jokic to have that chemistry. And then you look at some of the role players, like I know Michael Porter Jr., you know, had a terrible series, but you know, he was able to be a part of this, Um, you know, even Aaron Gordon going Mm. from a situation in Orlando where they were going nowhere and, and he was, you know, trying to be a number one option and really finding his role or like Bruce Brown getting here as well. Like KCP getting his second championship, even Jeff green, man, like Jeff green started his career with the Seattle supersonics. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's bounced around. He's dealt with some like serious, like heart issues, like, you know, in his career and stuff. Um, And and for him to get this championship too, is, is amazing. Or even you think back to even guys who didn't play a huge role, Mm. like a Deandre Jordan, Mm. being able to add a ring to their career. Yeah. Ish Smith on his, on his Mm. 13th team. You know, check out that feature by David Aldridge mm. at The Athletic. I think any time you have this championship, and I was thinking too, like, for them to win it at home too is so special, you know? Like, not every team gets to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, the Raptors didn't get to do that. Uh, the Warriors didn't get to do that last year. You know, I think about when Milwaukee was able to celebrate at home when, when Giannis had the 50 burger. Um, and, and, you know, for the Nuggets fans to be able to celebrate, like, listen, a championship is a championship. You get your parade and all that. But it's like, such a different level when you get
0: to celebrate it on your home court oh yeah absolutely and um i I mean sometimes i think about again to to bring it back to the Raptors as always but like i sometimes think about what would it would have felt like if the Raptors had won game five in toronto
1: well specifically that one would have been weird just because sports center would have still led with bob myers crying at the podium about kevin durant's injury yeah. <laughs> before going to and the, by the way the Raptors won the championship. Kyle Lowry hit a, a buzzer beater corner
0: three over Draymond Green for the win. That you that know? would have been wild. That would have been wild. Um, by the way, I I, feel, I I have a distinct memory of seeing Bob Myers right before he got on that podium. Like we were in the tunnels back to back in the arena together. It to me he didn't seem uh, stricken with grief in that moment. I'm
1: just. I'm just gonna he, let you read the body him,
0: language there. I'm gonna let you be the body language doctor. I, I'm just saying it, it. It must have hit him when the cameras hit him. But um, yeah. Regardless, like I, I think um, just game five itself. Like I I mm-hmm. don't know how the Raptors players themselves would have even returned home. Like the all the streets were mad plugged. You know what I mean? And imagine if the players. Oh yeah, were they would have had. Like,
1: they would. They would have had to sleep over. I think. Just no they, they
0: would have taken the they would have needed to take the path to get home like they need what they would have needed to take the <laughs> skywalk or whatever <laughs> like i don't even know how they would have escaped from toronto just period um and then yeah i mean the fact that they actually won in, in, in game six and oracle was kind of cool just being like that was the last ever game played in oracle and just seeing it all covered in champagne even seeing all the traveling fans like i remember like three full sections of raptor fans just like yelling and screaming and Obviously, they got to stop off at of Vegas because, like, they, they took a, they took some time for them to actually come back to Toronto, if you remember. They stopped off and, like, uh, they stayed in overnight in Golden State, then they went to Vegas, and then mm. they, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then some people started filtering back to Toronto slowly. Um, yeah, it was just such a vibe. But, yeah, I mean, like, the Nuggets don't have to do all that, right? They can just party in, 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 in Denver, which does kind of make me think. So, I, you know, you're not necessarily associating Denver with partying, but except for a very famous event that happened this year if you recall, involving John Moran. So I, I do wonder if they will be visiting the same establishment. Oh, okay.
1: By the way, um, you going to set your alarm clocks. John Moran annou- suspension announcement might come through early tomorrow. Nah, Maybe Adam that's... Silver will give it a day, I think.
0: Why is Adam Silver teasing the John Moran suspension the way we teased the, no, the AG he... uh, Uber no, story? He said, he said on the next episode of Dragon
1: Ball Z, <laughs> that they went to a completely different story arc but yeah what's what's your guess quickly i didn't ask you quick quick what? guess on the suspension number the games i just i mean i i don't know man i probably like 20 or something like that oh man i was gonna i'll set the over under at, at 40 and a half you're saying under
0: 40 and a half would be what no i i just think like i mean i i don't know i think the good solution here is to like for jaw to stop publicly playing with guns and for him to you know, continue being a great basketball player, which I think everyone loves watching Job play, but this whole extra thing just feels unnecessary to me. Um So I'm sure the extra bit of punishment will try to imprint this message onto him, but it also feels like he's in a phase, you know what I mean? Like people go through phases, I suppose. I'm not trying to excuse him for this behavior. I don't think it's like understandable at all to me, but we don't have gun culture here. In, well, we don't have the same amount of gun culture here in Canada as, as, as there are in certain parts of the States. So
1: yeah I think from a suspension know. standpoint, you know i think I think Silver might just come down pretty hard on this just because like he already gave him the suspension and and ja did his redemption tour and and you know this would be more of a setting example and and yeah, like you said just from a personal standpoint, like you just hope with like you know all, all these incidents that we've seen pop up with Ja that's just like he's able to get the right people around and be able to focus on the right things and just not get himself into situations where he might get into like real trouble with this stuff.
0: Yeah, so. my only thing with that is just, like, I, I've heard that same sentiment about, like, getting different people around him or the right people around him. It's like, he's his own man. Like, you know, ultimately you decide that yourself, especially when you're, like, the leader of the group in that way. Because, obviously, every NBA player is pretty much the leader of their group. Like, you set the tone. Like, if if Josh said, like, yo, we're not playing with guns anymore, you bring a gun here, you're out. like I'm sure they'd be, the, you know, they'd be, <laughs> they'd be the safest people walking around. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't have any of these issues. Yeah, I just think...
1: I just think it's it's I just think it's more complicated than that. Especially like you see his dad that's around all the time. But it's, it's not like, like his dad's like, "Yo, here's a gun." No, but I, what I mean is like these guys are part of the support group, and like if if you're if he's doing all this stuff, like people do have to step in a lot. Like yes, a lot of this is his own responsibility, mm-hmm. but maybe he's just not mature enough to be able to handle it right now. Like he actually needs these people around him to like
0: actually step in and, and like tell him what's right. I suppose, but ultimately he's a, he's he's a grown adult at this point to me. So no,
1: I'm just saying, man. Some people sometimes just need some help to to get pushed in the right direction. Mm. Um, mm. what else, man? Since since we ain't trying to go two hours today. Um, celebro update. Mm-hmm. David Thompson, LaFonso Ellis, Eric Andre. Mm. Oh God, Russell Wilson and Sierra, Peyton Manning, Sean Payton, Pelicans I- head coach Willie Green. With his two guests, Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones. Oh yeah, that that was your celebro for the finals clinching
0: game tonight in Denver.
1: No other celebs trying to make this trip to Denver. I, I guess they got not. Eric
0: Andre. That's like the closest to a celebrity. But cause... that was also
1: to promote cross promote ABC's upcoming show, The Prank Panel.
0: Oh, is that why he was there? Oh my <laughs> yeah, god!
1: Yeah, yeah. So you oh you can't gosh. even count that and like Die Hard lifelong nuggets fan ken jong was nowhere to be seen so really interesting yeah. and i don't know it. if you listen to the hoop collective but ken jong told uh, brian windhorse he bought those game one courtside tickets uh, on Ticketmaster.
0: yeah see when you're a celebrity you don't buy the tickets like your agent <laughs> or like the team somebody who's a famous friend of yours <laughs> hooks it up like yo, someone's got to just have a plug like here's two tickets if you want them like it can't be that hard imagine plugging ken jong but hey regardless um yeah i don't know i i I would say it's a little disappointing right like i feel like there's always some level of star power at the finals you know what i mean like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um like where is you know like they didn't even show charles barkley at the game this time (laughs) (laughs) i I think the other thing too is i don't think what about like jimmy goldstein or whatever like he isn't he always at games and stuff or like oh yeah
1: the landlord um but carmelo Carmelo Anthony, his tenure with Denver didn't end too well, so he couldn't pull a kind of Dwayne Way shows up in Miami type thing because I think there's still some like lingering feelings or whatever wow. between the two sides. Like yeah, there's not a lot of sure. people they could bring that are like more recent than than Lafonso Ellis, who would have been a perfect basketball reference game. Bro, for me.
0: there's no way, man. I, uh, I would have no hints for you because I have no <laughs> recollection of his, of his career.
1: Yo, Lavonzo Ellis was a problem back in the
0: day, man. Was was um, he? No, legit. What, what position like, did he play? Let's start there. Power man. forward. He was an OG oh, okay. like
1: he, he was an OG like Antonio McDice.
0: An OG? No, bro. Antonio McDice is already an OG. No, man. I'm, what do I'm you telling you an right OG now,
1: McDice. I'm telling you right now, I hope the old heads listening
0: you oh, know, ride with oh, me on this.
1: Like Ellis? Trying to pull up his B ball reference, uh-huh, he was uh-huh. a problem. Did he ever average twenty points? Yes, he averaged twenty point nine points in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, twenty one point nine point seven rebounds. Oh man, he spent a lot of time in Denver. Anyways, yeah. he was a classic nineties power forward. But yeah, you're right. Like they, there was just no star power at this. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Denver has the
0: championship. Congratulations. No, no exactly. And I'm, I'm. It's always. Like really fun seeing a city win it for the first time. And I think it's also just like a reminder like look like championships are so special like you know you you're, you're, just you can't really take it for granted in terms of like how many you no, have you really have to cherish it you, like crazy. You might
1: never see it again man.
0: Like sometimes I feel self-conscious you know you feel self-conscious about like okay we're always talking about the 2019 Raptors championship but like you have to you know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah, I, I don't the, it. I, yeah I don't mind it yeah I don't mind it. The Nuggets have been in existence for like 50 years and literally never got a championship
1: Plus we had like, and I don't know if maybe every fan base feels this way, but like, I feel like our championship run, the Raptors championship run, it was so many special moments, you know? Yeah. Like people don't have, people don't have the Kawhi shot. People don't have coming back from 2-0. People don't have a lot of these, like, you know, just even clips of like
0: Kawhi, you know, the viral clips and things like that. People don't have Drake being like, look around, look around. We created this. This didn't (laughs) exist before we were here.
1: Where was Was that for Denver? You
0: know what I mean? Was was LaFonso Ellis being like, look around.
1: This wasn't here when <laughs> our I was coach, here. Or Coach Bud asking Drake to get arrested. On, on oh, a felony man. For yeah. distracting Giannis. At well, the technically, we run? do have Michael
0: Malone saying everyone at ESPN should be arrested for talking about LeBron.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I respect that. No, but it's like every team will have their moments, but our moments are uh-huh. great, man. Man, I was remembering to. You remember JV showing up to game one? Yep. brown Leather Jacket. Orlando. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he. Obviously, he got traded midseason. The last time that he was in that arena for a playoff game was when LeBronto was born, I believe. When, when, um, oh, no, game relax.
0: LeBronto is Le- on the road. LeBronto was on the road. Oh, okay. okay. But
1: it was the game two when he was shooting the fadeaways, which actually was way more embarrassing than LeBronto. Mm. Um, game two when LeBron practiced fadeaways, that was the last home game oh, JV God. played, playoff home game. He yeah. comes back to root on the team, uh, a Raptors team that has a long decade history of blowing game ones at home to the point that this is like any, like this is the only thing American media know mm-hmm. about the Toronto Raptors is we lose game one at home. And then of course, Kyle gets outscored by DJ Augustine. Oh. How many was it? 28, nothing. 25 to zero. 25 to zero. Mm-hmm. This guy, Will's walking around the city of Toronto comatose for two updates. Just Yo. muttering the word zero at anybody who can hear him.
0: I I I honestly I'm not kidding. And Vivek Jacob was the only other guy um because we had to walk from Scotiabank Arena back to the Yahoo Studios uh at King of, at King of Spadina. So it's probably like a 15 minute walk. Um mm. you know, and we were trying to make it back there because we were trying to do a live show right afterwards. Um and yeah, the entire time as we crossed like front Wellington at you know, et cetera, et cetera, to get to the, you know, um, the office i was just yelling he scored zero and (laughs) vivek at one point was like bro stop saying that like just relax like come on and then yeah we got there then the the wildest thing is i did the live show with with you i think maybe harrison was there too maybe Hmm. not um but i did it with you and vivek then afterwards i went into a separate meeting room at yahoo did the react pod where I said Kyle Iris scored zero. And then the next game, we like did another podcast to break down like how he could not score zero. And in Kyle's credit, he really bounced back. I thought he played a really great game, too. I still remember when game two, when Kyle finally went to the free throw line, Kyle oh, was going golf crazy. He
1: got, yeah, he got the cheers when he finally made a point, right?
0: everyone No, everyone was like cheering him on before he even got there. Because he was at the free throw line, and everyone was just like, yeah. Because it wasn't just a regular free throw. You know what I mean? That's Herbie just does the shush thing, whatever. Like People were going... People are so invested in that moment. And I think no, that, he, yeah, you had so many moments along that run. So
1: No, he started that. My point was JV, you know, because this in, in this uh, finals, they've been making a big deal out of Monty Morris and Gary Harris have shown up to games. These are to, not to, celebrities, to, to, man. To, no, to root for the Nuggets. But it's like similar to JV showing up, you know, he's off the team, you know, rooting for them. But but the minute JV was there and saw that they lost game one, he never came back again, I don't think. No, Because I fair. think he was going to catch too much heat for being a jinx, man. I mean, that wasn't his fault. <laughs> of course it wasn't his fault. But, like, after you saw LeBron the last year, and now you come, this team with Kawhi, and they blow game one. Like, who was even on that Orlando team, man? Evan Fournier had to be in the starting Evan lineup.
0: Fournier, Jonathan Isaac, uh, oh Nikola, Nikola Vucevic. Not, we're not talking Nikola Jokic. We're talking Nikola Vucevic. No, we're talking about the Vucci. Yeah, Vucci, man. DJ Augustine, Aaron Gordon, who was in this God, game. That's right. Was part, that was the starting yeah. five. And who oh, did they come man. off the bench, man? They had... Um... Oh, man. I probably forget Terrence Ross was coming off that bench. Mm. Um, who else was coming off that bench, man? Who was backup center for that Orlando team? Surely not Bismack Biombo.
1: Biombo would have gotten traded, I want to feel like. I want to say.
0: Oh, man. Maybe I can't not. I already, already, already forgetting this roster? Yeah. Regardless, it's so a very good. forgettable roster. They had like a forgettable, roster. random Great. backup wing, man.
1: Great series bounce back. Oh, I, I think Jonathan win Simmons
0: win. was he on that roster?
1: All right. I think Simmons might have been on the Sixers.
0: This is uh, no one's no one's idea of a post game react pod with the Denver Nuggets. By the way, yeah, he was on the Sixers. Redman's. No, he was on both teams.
1: <laughs> no, there's no well. He was, well, I think he was on the I think he was on the Sixers by the time they were in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, but he did yeah. play for the Orlando Magic in that uh, in that season as well. He actually played more okay. for the Magic that year.
1: Yeah, the Magic Series wasn't that exciting. Shout out to Jonathan Simmons,
0: man. One of the 20 players who have probably outplayed James Harden in a pivotal moment.
1: No, you know who was stressful in that second round, too, for a little bit? James Ennis. James Ennis, the third.
0: You know who was the backup center for that team?
1: Uh, Greg Monroe?
0: No. (laughs) Who? Cam Birch.
1: Well, no. Oh, on Orlando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Representing that guy, we it. the
0: North, baby. Mister oh, representing man. we the North was representing we the South. All right, he was representing we the we the South. Okay. It was West O-1, dude. That was a random guard wing. I was West
1: dude. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was not a fun first round series, but whatever. Got through in five games. You know. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. great. Just great moments, man. And yeah. then, like, we should reminisce and talk about that stuff, like, all yeah. the time.
0: No, our chip was five years ago. And, like, you know, you look I at think, the, like the Celtics between... have one chip in 30 years. Like, yeah. the Sixers don't have a chip in the last 30 years. The Knicks don't have a chip in the last 50 years, it feels like. I think but there's a difference never between one, re- right? reminiscing and hanging on to the fact that that's still the
1: organization. And that's no, still for sure. everything. You know for what sure. I mean? I think, I think if you're able to separate that, like, we should
0: just reminisce away. man. Right. But the Bucks right. have one chip in the last 50 years. The Cavs have, like, one chip ever. there's their existence unless you're the lakers unless you are not had yeah like you're
1: not going to be getting championships like pacers never had one and and i think we're moving into a phase two where i think maybe you know talk about parody and stuff you know it's like i don't know like 15 20 years ago it would have been hard for me to imagine milwaukee winning a title denver winning a title Mm -hmm. yeah like you're starting to see that i I would throw toronto in there too obviously so it's like I think it's cool. Like, I want to see what other teams, um, I guess maybe except for Philadelphia and Boston, um, mm. kind of come through and, and get these opportunities. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, well, I I'm just I'm just gonna pick the Clippers again next year for no reason. I'm <laughs> just gonna I, bank on the peak healthy again. I, I think it's uh. cool
0: too. Like the fact that you have these like superstars now that are like so. Um, I I wouldn't even say humble because I think a lot of people use humble on like this like almost like a. Not even a pejorative but like a judgmental way like you're supposed to be humble about everything that you do but I do think that when somebody gets to the highest level of success and they're still humble the way Jokic is the way that Giannis is like it actually does make me really appreciate their their character in the sense that like they're not going to change what makes them great just because they've got there. You know what I mean? And they're not satisfied and not that like, they're the Jimmy Butler level of like, I'm not going to go to the hall of fame <laughs> and try. Cause that's no, weird to me. He's got to walk that one back, man. That's a, that's a little too much, but me. like, I feel like Giannis is like, despite the fact that he's a world champion and that he's got all his money and he's, you know, very, very famous and well-known, um, still ultimately really like, uh, rooted in the, like, and like down to earth. And Jokic is like the most down to earth kind of guy. Um, that I think that's the level for, for me where the humbleness is just like um who you are and what you accomplish doesn't change who like well, I guess what you accomplish doesn't change who you are. You know what I mean? And I think that that, that is actually really cool because like you don't see Jokic giving the Nuggets any problems. Like he's like, okay, I gotta play with will Barton this season for the last five seasons. That's let's, let's roll. You know what I mean? Mm. And he's not out there making bold predictions. He's he's just it's like a self-flagellating humor at all times and even when his whole team was floundering, he he was the one who kept his cool head. So, I, I think there is certain, there's something about his character that I really do admire. Um, so, not to say that I I don't like seeing players celebrate. Obviously, I love seeing players celebrate, but um, you just know it won't get to Jokic's head, which is just kind of cool. Plus, by the way, if you people haven't read it already, there's a a really great uh, profile that Ramona Shelburne wrote about Jokic at the start of this finals. And Ramona is an excellent reporter. You know, obviously she writes great uh, profiles. She really gets close to people. And, um, yeah, she really detailed, like, Jokic and sort of the motivation behind him getting, like, in shape. And I think that, like, people still make fun of it. I think um, even uh, Stan Kroenke, the, the Nuggets owner, who for some reason kept whispering in Lisa uh, Salters' ear <laughs> oh, rather <yeah>. than whispering, <laughs> like, talking so into weird. the microphone. Um, yeah. I don't know why he was doing Wait the Whisper song like a yin-yang twin, but, like... Mm another deep drop for you all right but like no, that nothing's gonna top that is that ray mysterio <laughs> okay all right i guess i've already peaked for this episode but like um even even stan Kroenke was talking about how like oh you know they call him Jokic fat over there right and then they mm. pivot over to Jokic playing with his child i'm like yo leave him alone first off like body shaming is just not cool generally but mm-hmm. second of all it's just like he puts so much effort into improving his conditioning and over the course of the playoffs like there's no way anyone could say Jokic is not one of the best well-conditioned athletes in the NBA. Bro, if you're going to call out a big man for conditioning, you call out Embiid, man. Of course. Of course. Right? There's tons of big men you see, like, running out of gas. And I think for Jokic, like, he puts so much dedicated work into that. And I know that it's not easy. Like, you know, like, when you're a bigger guy, like, when you actually do the difficult work, not just facing your own self-image, but also, like, doing that extra step of getting yourself into a point where you're conditioned enough to do what you want to do. And that helps you get towards your goal. Like I respect Jokic immensely for doing that. And clearly that paid off for him to, you know, not just reach because it, it, he reached the level where he got to the MVP, but then he got to reach another level where he can be finals MVP. To see him do all that stuff is, is really cool. And I don't think he will ever celebrate it. Like, I think probably in two days you'll see him in Serbia riding a horse. Mm. Um, but like, you know, I, I respect to him, man. Like he, he really earned his way to this position because no one really could have expected this. And um Yeah, man. I I know Adam Silver's gotta be, you know, I actually, I'm actually kind of excited. That's one of the best, one of the best ideas I've seen is just turning the all-star game into international versus USA. Cause I would actually love to see that. Cause we're pretty close to there being like an equal amount of players on both sides. Yeah. And
1: and I think for as much as you can make the all-star game competitive, Mm -hmm. there will actually be some pride there yeah when when it's usa i'm um, listen let's be clear they're still gonna mess around for three quarters
0: they're gonna mess around um, for three quarters but then again i do want to see some motivation and by the way this this goes to the europeans as well right because i thought jokic really just like did nothing in the all-star game luka did absolutely nothing in the all-star game. i mean you remember jokic was picked last well he was gonna be picked last and then he made sure he wasn't all picked oh, last right. and he made lori oh, market right. be
1: last you know what? All this, I love all this tinkering with All Star. Just bring Common back.
0: Have Common do the intros every year. Like, I think they could just announce a theme every year, like prom. You know, like not every prom is, you know. <laughs> you love themes, man. Yeah, like not every prom is like you know. Just, I don't know. Actually, I. I I remember planning my grade grade twelve prom. I was part oh, of student you, council. Yeah, <laughs> is that when
1: you ran that scam, or is that is that Statue of limitations up on that? Or?
0: Uh, yes. As the treasurer, I definitely did find a way to finance uh, my appearance and also uh, a, a a kit fee. Let's just say it was a low level scam. Yeah, nah, it was. It was like yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was nothing criminal. It was mm. a little criminal. Um. Yeah, so I know we were rating some of the past finals out of five Larry OBs. H- how many how many Larry OBs are we giving this one? I'm thinking like two? two, two, two even that's generous?
0: Man, honestly, I, it's I had it at a three, but Kyle Larry T- tonight committed for fouls. Tonight ruined it for you. Fouls, it it for you. Yeah, I'm sorry, okay. Kyle. Like, I'm sorry. Like, okay. I, today I saw Kyle the way the
1: rest of the league sees Kyle. You know what? Kyle tonight put up the Will Chamberlain 10 38 and 10. <laughs> he had 10 points. 38 fouls
0: yo i'm serious daryl Mori, please do a former do an audit on your former point guard please
1: i know i know i know you're really busy this week especially we got the coaching stuff tomorrow uh uh-huh, yeah um coach being introduced but you know you might be you might got to step up and pull the clips maybe maybe in the off season i just need the one where he got kicked in the face <laughs> and my homie was like nope just inbound. You're, you you weren't shooting
0: Uh, even though your whole body got booted here's the thing with kyle too it's just like again just thinking from the outsider's (laughs) perspective like how many times have you seen kyle go outside in a game and today he didn't even go outside by the way today he he actually played a really good game but 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 this is part of him playing a good game like he doesn't need to do this all the
1: time but this is part of his package
0: no, and I again, I respect it, because not everyone can reach this, like, maniacal level But you're saying tonight
1: you finally saw the other side of the argument.
0: Like, I saw more competitiveness from Kyle today than I saw from Jimmy. You know what I mean? And that, that's, sure. That's saying a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, Jimmy felt really lifeless at times in this series.
0: Yeah, I felt really bad for him, man. I don't know what's so, going on. I hope everything's okay.
1: So what's he going to do with his two more and one more t-shirt? I don't know. Does he just throw those out?
0: Because uh... he had those printed. Yeah that's yeah see that, that's 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 uh that's presumptive by the way bam Adebayo bio had 14 points in the first quarter and then it had six the rest of the way that's tough man
1: Bam Adebayo in this series basically every game you look up he has like 24 points on 23 shots
0: yeah. yep 20 uh, 20 points on 20 shots today two free throws. <laughs> there we
1: go bam with his own 2020 <laughs> yeah no that was like the nuggets game plan let's happy happy for denver congrats to congrats to miami as well Mm. Who else do you think won, like, quote-unquote, one in these playoffs? I'm looking at the whole bracket right now. I don't know which other team comes out of here feeling good about themselves.
0: Well, that is what the playoffs are there to do, is sort of just designed to torture every team except one. Um, but I feel like the Heat got to be pretty proud of what they did, right? No, like, I think that Heat have to be like, have to be really proud. Look at the roster Ooh. that they brought to the NBA Finals, man. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking about Kevin Love. Obviously, his best days behind him. It's not Minnesota Kevin Love or even Cleveland Kevin Love. like. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, he is in the starting lineup and actually playing a pretty big role for them. You know, like, Max Ruth, Gabe Vincent, these guys are going to get paid. I'm I'm really happy for them. They deserve it. Um, But, like, Duncan Robinson, um, who I will refrain to comment on just based on potential future appearances. Maybe, um, maybe
1: showing up at the CCY Celeb Classic. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I cannot yeah. explain the connection at this time. <laughs> you know what? It's too complicated. Oh um... Uh, Dr. Robinson on the mic, being like, "Emotional damage." <laughs> anyway, CCY Classic
1: tickets are on sale, so go to CCY. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Tickets are going and, fast and too. Go- you told me
0: you told me your sister yeah. bought seventeen of them, so uh, I believe twenty-seven. Oh, um, 27. My bad.
1: Yeah, seventeen to twenty-seven, but this mm. is like including her friends.
0: Got you, um, got you.
1: Because my nephews are really into uh, Stephen. Huh. Mm. Um. But yeah, get the tickets. Get Global Jam tickets as well. July twelfth to the eighteenth, I believe. Yeah, so make sure you go check out Global Jam. But yeah, what were you saying? Oh, Duncan oh, Robinson, like uh, Heywood
0: Highsmith, Cody Zeller, like you know, Co- oh, what Cody- about
1: Cody Zeller? We're not putting Cody Zeller into this group. Caleb okay, <laughs> Martin, doing? did you just say he's gonna get paid this summer?
0: No, no, no. I just the he's fact that they get paid they by the to,
1: ATM when he goes to withdraw money.
0: <laughs> they came to the finals with this roster, and oh, like okay, yeah, yeah man, no, 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 true, true, they, true. They gotta feel, they gotta feel really proud of who I they are in gotta- their culture. <sighs>
1: I wasn't surprised, you know. They made Tyler Hero available tonight. I wasn't surprised he didn't end up playing.
0: Like, were you surprised they didn't give him a look? Um, no. I mean, yeah. I, you could argue that they could have used more offense, but you you have no idea what his conditioning was going to be. Yeah. Um, it Even felt if, like if it, it was a curveball anyway. And then, yeah. Also, I think at the same time, it's just like the Heat were in this game for the whole game, just based on their defense and how chaotic and like it was like like sure. a, like a. I don't know. Like they were just junking up the game, and I don't. I just don't think Tyler Hero is a guy to come in and continue to like that energy. You know what I mean? And that takes all five guys. Yeah, like, no, that's fair. Kyle Lowry's spirit embodied everybody in the Miami Heat today, man. I was it was actually kind of impressive.
1: Yeah, obviously, I'll be interested to see what Miami does with this roster. I don't know how much they can do. I mean. Oh, they're, they're just always... going to
0: draft another they're going to like sign like four more on drafted guys and somehow they're going to be playing in a crucial moment in the next playing game. Yeah, no,
1: no. I'm I'm already on I'm subscribing from Heat Culture and I'm sure I'll jump back on next season like. Mm. So they ended up 44 and 38 in the regular season. Yep. Um 1 and 1 in the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. And then 13 and 9 in in the playoffs. Like I know it was impressive they made the finals, but like they just ended up the whole year like like yeah, 10 games over 500. Four games over five hundred in the playoffs. Brother. This is like this is the weirdest run ever, man.
0: Yeah, no, it's a historical like, anomaly, but I, I think it's it, it does speak a to their weird. character, you know, and and the way that like they force teams to actually play, um, connected together team basketball because they took a, they so often took away your number one option, and I think that's a that's a credit to um, mm-hmm. Jokic's greatness and also Jamal's greatness that like even the best team at stopping what you do couldn't junk up really what they did yeah because you were saying like
1: i mean if i were to grade denver in this series i'd probably give them like a c plus or something like i know denver played well in stretches but like they didn't step up
0: game one they played like a b minus effort game Mm -hmm. two they lost i think that was a c level effort games three and four were impressive i would give those both a's especially in that game four where their bench stepped up Mm -hmm. um but game three was also incredible i mean like two guys with 30 point triple doubles was just ridiculous um, and then Game Five, I feel like this is a D performance. <laughs> no, I guess this, somebody had to win. So
1: this got to go down as one of one of the worst like serious clinching games ever. Yeah, yeah. Like this was junk. Like it wasn't even a Game Seven because I think if it was a Game Seven, you can just attach the drama to it anyways, mm. just because it's a Game Seven. But it's a Game Five. It's a team at home trying to close it out. I didn't even feel like the fans had too many moments in there to get excited like during the game.
2: Because
1: mm. um, I think you know the Nuggets like. I think the heat had the lead for like most of the second quarter, third quarter there. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like it was just a weird game, but whatever the The season is officially over, bro. Yeah. We, we no longer have to reference the, uh, 2022
0: 23 raptors well i felt bad because i felt like i was treated to one last raptors game in the last game of the season and (laughs) i did not sign up for here's
1: another treat for you
0: i was like yelling at the tv and stuff and i had to check myself because i was like first off like a what am i doing i shouldn't be yelling but like b like why am i that invested in this game but i was just like yo this game was was wild triggering like this was basically a raptors game (laughs) like i I feel like the raptors also had a game that ended 94 to 89 i just feel like that's that sounds so much like what Toronto would have done at one point this season. So, I'm going to No, look the, that the up. fact
1: that we had to watch this 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 game specifically like 82 times. 83. Uh-huh. Yeah. Never forget those uh back-to-back games against Charlotte. Those home and homes.
0: Oh man. Those were great. Beating the Pistons four times this year?
1: Oh man. All right, what else, man? That might be it.
0: That might that might be it from the game itself. I mean, what else do you have topic wise?
1: uh a lot of it is like about darko ryakovich so we should probably just save that for tomorrow
0: to be honest wait what have you learned what, what's what's your favorite stat that you learned about darko ryakovich uh
1: that he's an espresso connoisseur per his twitter bio um
0: you mm. think that's and... how he sold bobby <laughs> <laughs> he's well, like bobby you are I... <laughs> you, you are flat white you like flat I whites don't... I calling Bobby a flat white is kind of hilarious oh, oh no man,
1: man. No, I already told Mark Savelle prepare another package man he half and half <laughs> as we know look, look at oh god oh god man after hours um we're uh yeah, we're gonna have to leave a gift package <laughs> in in, a, in Darko's office.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course.
1: Via, via Mark's No, I don't know, man. It's the same stuff that's been floating out there. That's a that's a thing to me. It's like I was listening to your podcast with Grange as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where he openly prefaced it by saying that he had talked to a lot of people around the league, and the consensus was that nobody knew anything about him. Yeah. Um, it's it's like yeah, it's hard. Like I think with any head coach, it would have been hard, even if it was a named coach. It's like. You know, you don't know what the roster is going to be. You don't know what it's going to be. You need to see all these things in, like, training camp and all this stuff. It's like when someone, like, announces an album. Like, you don't know the album titles. You haven't heard the tracks yet. Like, like naming a head coach is just like someone's announcing an album. But, like, mm. there's nothing to dive into Okay. At, at, at the moment. So, I don't know, man. All this stuff. He, he emphasizes, like, um, I don't know, like, ball movement on offense and all this stuff. Cool. Like, I want to see who his point guard is. I've
0: yet to see... An NBA coach come in and say, "I'm not a fan of ball movement." I just, I just, you know what I mean? Like everyone talks about playing fast, developing, shooting threes, the shot spectrum. Like this is just like kind of of standard now. And that's not to say there's nothing special based on like what he said. Like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I don't want to get too far carried away with it before I see it. You know what I mean?
1: You got to see it. Plus, you got to see what the personality's working with too, right? That's the most important part
0: of, of anything else. But at the same time, I also think that like. I like a lot of the qualities that he brings to the table and that if he's able to implement those as a head coach, I think I think it's one thing to have ideas. It's even one thing to be able to do it in an assistant setting, but to be able to do it as a head coach, it's just a different step. So I, I think I'm just more cautious than anything else, but I do like the direction in terms of like what this hints towards him trying to become, you know what I mean? Or right. th- these things that he's trying to bring and deliver. Yeah, so. and,
1: and I think I think getting a new coach is always it's always about like you're trying to fill the gaps of what you think the previous coach didn't bring to the table, right? Mm-hmm, so in, mm-hmm. in terms of being a communicator um, and in terms of what he's able to, to you know, he, he's got a good player development track record at all these different places. And like, I mean, Masai famously said at the trade and his infamous trade deadline presser, you know, he like named Malachi Flynn and I think Delano's guys that he wanted to see play more yeah so get ready to learn yeah. um you know how to get to uh what's that, what's that gym get ready to learn mad at me buddy
0: oh. uh darko <laughs> <You> know, speaking <laughs> of darko one of the more impressive things i i learned in the in the scouring of research with him um so mm. he coached in uh, madrid at one point mm. and when he arrived he didn't speak any spanish um and within three months he was able to con- like conduct full entire practices only speaking spanish that's pretty wow. impressive to me the fact that he like speed ran like spanish that quickly is 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 pretty impressive no really, that's, that's how like some... that's part of how him and um surge would, would work out together i was reading a uh, uh, josh luenberg's piece which is great he, he talked to a lot of you know former players and whatever coaches that have uh you know come across darko and is and mm-hmm. one of them and surge talked about how like yeah they used to work out together and it was, it was helpful because um darko also spoke spanish which was helpful for surge because i felt like surge communicating in english was probably his like fourth language you know, it's not it's not, it's definitely not his top choice, I would say, so
1: yeah, no, that stuff I think that stuff is all is all interesting, but like you said, man, it's like stepping in from that like from that assistant coach, that player development coach into a head coach is a very different role, right yeah, for sure, so so I think I think that part of it will will be interesting, but it's like I think about spo too, I don't know who's the one that made this comment, but like I think early in the finals, people talked about how like spo's the type of coach that's like. You know, if he finds a player like a Duncan Robinson, like, you know, who 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 is not the best defensive player, like he's gonna find a way to like accentuate like your strengths, mm-hmm. find a way for you to be on the floor, even if it's for brief stretches. Um, even though he knows that like, you know, you have these glaring weaknesses. And I feel like that was one of the complaints about about Nick, you know, especially during yep. his last couple of like years here. It's like, why are there so many players that are cycling through role players, especially role players that we saw like perform better? at other places like why weren't we able to put them in a position to succeed because the whole point of being like a player development organization is you are trying to put these players in a position where they can succeed comparative to other places and it just didn't feel like the Raptors had that anymore so I don't know if one guy's gonna change that obviously it's just him but like I think they're also looking for a coach who can be more flexible about here are the pieces on your roster they're not all perfect how can you make them work
0: yeah, and, instead and by, of the extreme of like, I'm going to play all my guys 37.6 minutes. And also, I do think that like coaches have shelf lives, right? Like, because of course, all, like, all these things, I'm thinking back to like when Nick was introduced, like mm-hmm. Nick was very adaptable and flexible like that was his whole thing right like mm-hmm. he would always talk about how like oh you know i was in the british basketball league and uh one game you know come to the game and you know my uh my point guard wasn't able to play because he had to deliver papers for the you know the daily mail and uh so uh so who is this man and, and jimmy <laughs>
1: olsen and superman <laughs>
0: and, and my my starting center was uh was was uh you know out, out at the smithies and and he couldn't really make his way back to work or whatever you know like yeah he's he got stuck on the tram like it, it's it, mm. it, he and he, uh, he was like i would roll with it same thing in the d league and all that other stuff and so i i think people get like hardened i think in situations and like things just kind of run their course you know what i mean like i think he got really stuck in in terms of like this is the way i want to play like low turnovers low passing you know we want to be able to juice up the possession game we want to avoid half court as much as possible because it doesn't look good for us when we play half court ever um you know and and it just became this like really rigid style which i felt like for nick he was much more flexible and adaptable when he first came here um you know so i i think yeah you, you, coaches have a shelf life just like when players have a shelf life you know and i think for nick probably he's going to be rejuvenating for him to go to a new situation in, in, in philadelphia as well um but uh yeah i mean you know i i think you know spoilers here succession spoilers so just skip 15 <laughs> seconds here but it's one thing for or Tom just delete Wom- the pod. Yeah, for, for, it's 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 one thing for Tom to, uh, Wamsgans to to run ATN. It's another thing for Tom to run uh, Waystar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's like the jump that he's now making. And um, I want him to still be able to do the things like you know um, being on the court and working out with players. But when do you ever see head coaches work out with players? You know, like, especially during, like, before games or something like that, in the Mm -hmm. way that an assistant would. Or, like, when do you see, like, and so what is the active hand, like, that he's specifically bringing to player development, right? Maybe he has the energy to do both of it, and and that would be great, right? Uh, In terms of the offensive creation, like, obviously, that's going to be huge, right? But you're going to have an assistant there to also essentially help you with that. First off, who are those assistants going to be? Does he have his people? You know what I mean? Because some coaches come with people, aka, you know, Nate Grin types. Um, you know, are you going to be able to bring those people in and sort of adapt with them and work with them as a team? It's one thing where you're bringing ideas to the head coach is another thing when you are the head coach. And I do think that obviously he has experience. I mean, he's, he's been a D-League head coach, for example, a, a decade ago where he lost to Nick Nurse's Real Grand Vipers. Or even before that, when he was coaching in Europe, he was always a head coach, basically, whether he was coaching in Serbia or Spain or other places he coached at. Um, but it will be a bit of an, a jump to get to the league. And I think the biggest thing, too, is just like, how is a new voice going to command the respect in the room because you always have to come in and earn that respect right like nick talked about it a lot in this book like how he's going to come in and earn Kawhi's respect and build that rapport and 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 he and with Ka- in, in nick's case he actually had a built-in advantage as the assistant he already had a good relationship with kyle he had a good relationship with pascal like the when those guys were upset with like dwayne casey they could come running to nick and you know they had that built-in you know thing we're bringing a, a whole entire voice from a different organization to come in. So I think for me, it's like, how is he going to process through all of that? I have confidence in the sense that I have confidence in Messiah and Bobby picking the right guy to do this. But at the same time, I'm going to also need to see that happen. And that's not to say that, like, whatever, players in the Raptors are so hard to reach. I, I don't think so. They're not that stubborn, you know, whatever. But you still need to find a way to reach these people who all have their own goals. They have team goals. They have financial goals. And making all that work together and pull towards a cohesive direction, I just didn't feel like that happened last season with, you know, the, the previous coaching staff. So how is this new coaching staff going to come in and implement these ideas? Especially because, again, like, it's not like it's a championship winning head coach or it's not like a former player that everyone respects. Like, you know, we're talking about an entirely new voice. So I'm not I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not even saying it's difficult, but I still want to see how that plays out more than anything else right yeah i think that's that's why it was interesting when they were doing the coaching
1: search and obviously some of the former players you know came up um you know the most radical being like a jj reddick or or even steve nash because like you think of bringing a former player in like they command they command a certain respect from a generation of players right? right well, away, there's right? no way like you bring jj
0: reddick in like, <laughs> no but jj is not the
1: best example but That's JJ's JJ not the best ex- it's like, yo, man, I was just listening to him on the way here, man. Bro, the, at si- the sixth speed. man for the Orlando Magic? Yo, is Tate here, man? I got to meet Tate. Um, oh, man. So, but it's like, it's like versus that, like when you bring in, I think players just want a coach, want coaches who like put themselves, who are able to put them in a position to succeed. And I think okay, I think yeah. the I think the most key thing about this hire is how Darko is going to be able to bring what he's going to be able to work with Scotty and bring out of him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I know we can dance around talk about Fred's free agency, Gary, what Pascal's future is here. Your path to being a really good team is whether Scotty's going to develop and blossom into a star slash franchise player during the duration of you know however much many years he has left on his rookie contract, mm-hmm. and then whatever extension he signs. Like. Yep. I think I think that has to be a key focus here, and you know you 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 owe it to yourself as a franchise to to try to maximize these years with Scotty to find out, put him in these positions to succeed. And like you know as much as you want to compare the numbers of Scotty from year one to year two and like, oh, how they might have looked similar, et cetera, et cetera, like it just didn't feel like we saw a lot of like growth and development, and some of that is like not on the player. some of that is on the player. some of that is on the coaching too. Mm-hmm. So like is this the right coach at this point in Scotty's career? To, to be able to maximize his skill
0: set and figure out what the right role is for him on this team.
1: Like, I think yeah. that has to be the central question of this entire thing.
0: No, that's a great point. Because I think that, you know, like we can focus on the fringes and maybe he'll turn Malachi and Delano to something. But realistically, right. those are low upside talents that are no guarantees to become even long-term pros, let alone like starters in this league eventually, right? Um, but the key to point is like there wasn't enough development from – what I would consider the top two prospects on the team, Scotty and Precious, coming mm-hmm. out of last season, those were the two guys I was most excited about. Scotty winning Rookie of the Year, and then Precious Achua halfway through the season, really finding his, his his stride and becoming like the sixth man for the Raptors last season. Right, he played it so much for for the team last year, and when you compare the enthusiasm for both those guys coming into last season versus where we have it at right now. Like, I'm going to need to see some of that talent actualized and some of that excitement sort of not validated because, again, who are we to be validated? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, the reason for fans to invest this kind of excitement is because they believe. Give them reasons to believe because you see that product. And that's where the development is more important than the fringe prospects down the line. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, that's, that's where he's going to have to come in and give them that trust. And look, I, I do ultimately believe that these guys are all professionals and you put them in a the right place to succeed. You, you clearly articulate what the roles are, what the expectations are and keep be encouraging all these kind of things. That all sounds good on paper, but we also know in practice, it's not really that simple, right. And, in in, in in all forms of management, but especially when it comes to NBA players or professional players uh, period. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing Darko all the success. I, I really, really wanted to see it work out, um, But I I am kind of just going to hold out patience in terms of just, like, how it all is going to look eventually. Because everyone kind of sounds really good when they get hired. It really is, right? Like, again, like, I I made the comparison. Like, when Nick got hired, his -hmm. reputation was he played a huge role in innovating the Raptors offense in Mm -hmm. 2017-18. When Dwayne Casey won the coach of the year. That was kind of Nick's coach of the year. And then also, he played a huge role in player development. Like, Nick was really, really instrumental in Pascal's player development like back when Dwayne Casey but Dwayne Casey used to believe that Nick uh, that Pascal was just like strictly a, a rebound you know and hustle guy and Nick was like no I, I, he was the first guy to see what we see with Pascal now which is this ball handling wing who can bring the ball up rebound do a lot of, bit of everything switch a lot but also play all these different roles on the offense including being as a scorer and also as a as a playmaker like Nick was actually the first guy to believe in that um, and so he played a big role in the, the 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 player development aspect of it um you know he brought along the bench mob and when you think about at the end of his tenure those are the critiques around him he didn't have an innovative offense and the player development really stalled to the point where the Raptors bring bringing a new assistant whose two headlining traits are that he can still an offense and also develop players ironically that's what nick was in 2018 you know what i mean so i think people also change in the rules as well like again like i think the job is so demanding and so 24 7 it takes so much out of you you can also compare photos just like of nick when he got hired in his press conference in in 2018 with sitting with Masai, versus like you look at pictures of nick now and just like look i get it like i'm not trying to make fun of aging i'm just trying to say like when you grind like that to the degree that this job demands pretty much everyone outside of eric's bolster like expires because it takes yeah, so much yeah. No, the before changes after photos. Like physically and emotionally, yeah. and how you deal with people. So, again, it's a big jump. It's a big jump. It's all yeah, kind no, i
1: kind of I think that's why I'll be interesting. You know, by the time a lot of you guys are hearing this, like we'll be at the presser tomorrow and obviously mm. reacting to it. So, interested to see what no, my audience is. No, you're going to be bumping
0: say. this on your way to the presser, man.
1: And Darko. Um, yeah, I probably will be. It's a short walk, but you know i'll try you to walk get 10 can... minutes of it in. <laughs> take, take the long way man <laughs> by the way you're hopping in my civic tomorrow after we're gonna i gotta drive to the studio oh word yeah because i gotta drive to go pick up my nephew after to watch spider-man after our four to five show <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: like, by the way i already i saw that on this weekend <laughs> oh okay
1: i, I saw got that no with time my bro. to waste man
0: by the way uh-huh. by the way the, the Raptors front office listen i i i come Obviously, this is just. Oh, like, is this
1: the weekend complaining? This is a
0: yeah. petty gripe. I'm saying that out top because uh, obviously this is are not you that. Calling serious.
1: out Justine Jones by name? No, is that I'm who not you're calling out.
0: But like, why did the news have to break during the Champions League final? Man, I was just sitting at home oh. chilling. It was a Saturday. Shout to to Lisa,
1: Louie and Jason. They actually traveled to watch uh, Man Man City win the treble. Mm. Yeah, so that was great.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a nervy final. I would say Inter had plenty of chances, including Lukaku. So were you rooting for Inter? I was rooting against City. Okay, but uh, not for Inter. I have no feelings about Inter Milan whatsoever. But I actually thought okay. they played decently. Sure. Um, You know, I thought their five-three-two system was was pretty good. I thought they actually surprisingly controlled the midfield against City, mm. which is rare, especially in the first half. Ederson was really shaky. No one cares about this. Um, mm. but like, I was just in the midst of watching the Champions League final, and I'm like, you know, having a great time, and then I see this the Woj <laughs> alert that oh. <laughs> The Raptors have hired the head coach, and I'm like, uh, okay, now it's go time. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, I pivoted. This is my job. I was very happy to cover it, um, you know, uh, and it it was good to get some clarity on this and and sort of dive into the research and put all the emergency Mm. react pod uh, and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, the whole weekend just became sort of about the Raptors hiring the coach. So, in like, even yesterday –
1: yeah, if if you had to pick between Monday to Sunday, when would you like the news to drop?
0: Sunday night is so ideal for dropping news. Because okay. number one, you guarantee that you're going to hit the Monday morning news cycle. And maybe, mm-hmm. I don't think the Raptors are trying to win no press conference hiring Darko Ryakovich. Like, it's not, it's like a passing mention in most ESPN shows, for example. But mm-hmm. still, you want to be mentioned, right? And so you drop it Sunday, so you're going to guarantee to be mentioned on the Monday shows. Mm. Um, and yeah, also, like I said, Sunday, I was like, all right, I've done this you know stuff maybe i'll go make some plans with my brother called him up i'm like yo you want to see spider-man he's like yeah cool mm. make plans go to varsity theater you know uh watch spider-man it was cool we went to super fresh afterwards um shout to super fresh he had never been before but he, he he hears the pod so he's like oh this is, is this the place you guys always talk about i'm like yeah. <laughs> oh
1: you guys went to super fresh yesterday that's, oh yeah that's
0: great man no man and then you know he loved it i mean it's for people who don't know it's super fresh yeah, is like tell a, him
1: tell him it's on uber eats man no. oh no no go to the <laughs>
0: actual place itself because it, it's it's uh asian night market kind of style there's no like,
1: show the, shows the super fresh yeah
0: it's like a chinese vendor there's like a you know um indonesian vendor korean vendor japanese vendor yeah no it's like you uh, said it's snacks, like going to an Asian taiwanese food yeah, yeah. yeah exactly the, right the so, bao bear
1: chicken is the best in the city man
0: bro i spoiled my brother man as i do every single time, time. but i was like i was like i got you so we got bows we got like a pork belly bao we got our, mm. like a korean fried chicken bao so he had a um, good time he got he got a bimibop which was interesting to me don't mm. don't fully understand the appeal bimibop for me personally don't get out of oh. koreans but you know okay, for me i'm okay. just like this is confusing why well, do I don't okay, have to okay. assemble this myself with the IKEA of okay. food? Okay, um, anti bibimbap. Okay. Yeah, what else what else we get, man? Oh, we got skewers from the Indonesian place, chicken skewers with like this like peanut satay sauce. Damn, you like you like ran through the whole menu. We got uh, nasi garang, um Indonesian style like I wouldn't even say it's fried rice. It, I mean, it's it's rice that's fried in the wok and something yeah. like that, but Wow, you very, like very you different. like showed them the whole menu. Oh, man, we got we got drinks as well. Man, I took mm. I took photos of it too and made sure to document it. Um, but then man. I decided not to post them on IG stories because Instagram is intimidating to me as a as a platform. <laughs> uh but I did yeah, message gotta... Trevor and was like, Yo, I had to take the bro here finally. And uh Nice. Yeah. He was like, I didn't know he was real, so um yeah we talked about that as well.
1: No, shout to so shouts, um, no, it
0: was a great time, man. Shout out to Superfresh. We actually had a shout to the he bro. Was, he was so full, bro. He he legitimate. Well, it, so, it, it all. it afterwards. sounds
1: like you ordered the a majority of the menu, so
0: yeah, I told him he got to come back and try the the pulled beef uh, noodles because okay. that's that's usually my go to. But I actually skipped it. We also didn't get the Balboard fried chicken, which obviously you know, considering I've read off your Uber East orders. And uh...
1: <laughs> yo, the Balboard fried chicken, honestly, like I-, I can't stress it enough. Like it's the best in the city. Yo, like the sauce and everything. The I know, way I know you had... ordering that fried know... chicken was crazy, man. That I know was... you had. I know you have some other chicken deals. So I guess you know
0: can't really speak on it but yeah well I'm, you know I'm just... listen I'm, I'm a chicken free agent at the moment so. are
1: you a chicken free agent yeah. yo you know in 20 years they're again gonna, they're gonna do a basketball reference game but read off your chicken oh, man. <laughs> they're gonna be like 2018 yahoo <laughs> that's gonna be so wild man. um anyways we're i think we're wrapping up i watched um i watched past lives which we talked about this yeah. weekend definitely check that out everybody um uh, this is uh i will wait for you to watch it but this is this is definitely going to be our everything everywhere all at once for this oh, year that's what i wanted to hear yeah i'm yeah, definitely making no. plans
0: to see it this week um
1: that stuff that stuff hit hard and i'm happy i'm happy the darko ryakovich presser is early in the week so i can
0: finally go back to therapy later this week oh by the way that was what i was gonna say so i was like sitting in the theater for spider-man mm. and then i was like yo can you book because you were also going to the theater i think you had to see past lives you you like i mean i'm not gonna blame you it's work
1: but like i I was definitely spending the first part of the movie occasionally checking my phone to make sure that michael
0: grange was okay to do zoom i felt bad because i was like i I never want to be a tommy texter or whatever but like i was really being a tommy texter watching into the the spider-verse or, I had
1: the Tommy text too. It's yeah. all good, man. Um, once again, we have the most blessed job in the world.
0: No, it was the most um, blessed job. I mean, I, I'm complaining about like, oh my god, I, my weekend was interrupted slightly, but like, yeah. um, yeah, I did have to make some accommodations and arrangements. But listen, we you know we, we got the story out. You know, we we get to find out more about the coach, and I think more importantly, we got to find out more about the roster. I mean, Fred turned down his player option. I saw a lot of people make a big deal of this. Yeah, no surprise. I, is, is this not what he was always going to do? Like, when was he going to pick up his player option?
1: Yeah, I think it's just more people being like, yeah, this means he's going <laughs> like to leave. Because people just want to leave.
0: There's a huge amount of enthusiasm. And I've talked <laughs> I, about again, this all season. Again,
1: be a fan of however you want, man. It's all good. Be a fan however you want. But people like, want him gone, man. It's wild. Yeah, but that's fandom. That's fandom.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, again, my whole thing is just, it, I'm cool if you want to move on, but who are we going to get at point guard, man? And don't We're, tell me it's going to be like, Don't tell me he's gonna be Scotty running the point guard the whole season because, like, to me, that you're gonna see so many ups and downs with that. Darko Ratchevic is
1: gonna level up Malachi Flynn to an 83 on 2K, man. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, well, you know, Fred's tweets. Fred's tweets have been getting kind of funny too, man. He's like doing that like LinkedIn rise and grind type wave right now. Is he actually? What did he say the other day? Oh no, he just oh the other day he said something about that gym is so therapeutic. He's mm. on that workout
0: grind stuff. You know what? I kind of feel that sometimes. You know, every time we hit
1: that Tuesday run, for all the difference makers out there, just keep pushing. Everything else is just noise, and it only gets louder if you listen. Stay focused. Huh. Listen, man. I'd be tweeting like this too if I just if I made twenty two million a year.
0: So, mm, well, he's going to make even more than that. But uh, yeah, right, I, so... I, I, I didn't think the announcement of him turning down the player option meant he was moving on. Like I still no, think it's. This is Probably why like I'm 50, actively 50, I would say, trying but...
1: to not talk about it right now. Like, yes, it was announced today that he declined his twenty two point eight million dollar player option, will become an unrestricted free agent in July. which just reported uh, you know, long list of teams with Sally Caprium are available and contenders are open to sign and trade talks with the Raptors. Hmm. So there we go. I mean But look- I guess people are are also upset too that if like if Fred walks and there's not a sign and trade. Then it's like, why didn't we trade him for Brandon Boston and a first at the deadline?
0: Well, I think that's the thing too, is like if they had tried to trade Fred midseason and it felt like they kind of got a scope of what the market was mid season, it just wasn't that good. Like I there wasn't a deal where I was like, Oh man, the raptors turned that down. You know what I mean? Like I think objectively the best one was like Grayson Allen in a distant future first round pick.
1: <laughs> oh man, the evil like, villain no. and a pick. Oh god
0: i uh, just just yeah no, man. So. i don't know
1: i think the other thing that bothers fans too and i think i agree with is like at the time of the deadline like they had a worse record than the than the blazers right who now yeah. ended up
0: with the number but again of famously there. the blazers put on a pair of genathan williams and like what else? <laughs> they
1: really did they really put out a size 36 <laughs> they really ran out the Levi strauss lineup
0: <laughs> they had ethan strauss in that lineup man. <laughs> no man
1: so no, we need I mean, to find that know. graphic, man. Those are the Waystar board members who voted no. <laughs> it was Geneathan.
0: Team Gene, uh, baby. I'm a yo, no. T- <laughs> Shots to Stewie, man. I miss that dude. Yo, Sundays without Succession doesn't hit the same. And and that's this why, is coming that's from That's why somebody. you got
1: to rewatch the Sopranos, bro. Bro, I've only
0: I've, I actually only watched Succession live twice. I mm. think
1: it's, it's a very rewatchable though. But uh, of the ringer. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, uh, I, I just miss it, man. I missed the theme song and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, By
1: but... the way, you guys can turn it off now. This is just pure banter. Um, I mean, people already know that. Did you see double N? Nick Nurse was on hoop collective. I'm
0: I did. I did watch him on hoop collective. Any yeah. good? Um, or just the usual stammering and non-answers? No, no, no. I, I think it was it was good banter because I think that mm. was interesting because it's, it's a setting where he's outnumbered. So it's not like every question is to Nick because there's mm. like Brian's there, Tim's there, and the, I suppose the other Tim is there too, as well. Howdy, partners. Mm. Yeah, so they're all like doing their banter, and then Nick hasn't kind of fit into that. So I kind of like that mm. better. You know what I mean? Like okay. it's, it's not so much like... Give me the answer to this. Give me the answer to this. Give me the answer to this. But, you know, he talked a lot about the Canadian national team and sort of his hopes for it. It does sound like he's still committed to that program. So that's reassuring. Yeah, I think he committed through all the way to
1: Paris, right? Like, I think he made the commitment. I I know you can back out, but
0: like... No, but there was a thought that like, okay, well, if he's not going to be in Toronto anymore, like, is he still going to have this position? Which, you know sounds to by all accounts that he's going to continue on um which is good i, I do know it's going to be a little awkward because king canada will do like practices for example in ovo or scotia bank yeah. but
1: it's really not that weird man how weird no, is that like, it's not that weird it really isn't like it really isn't man it's just another arena
0: like, that's that's fair but you yeah. are in another team's facility
1: i mean whatever he's gonna come back like four times a year with philly anyways
0: but he's not gonna be in the ovo yeah I whatever I mean again the this stuff's not that important, but yeah, Nick, you know told his old stories, I actually like that he reminisced about the one time he guarded James Harden back when Harden was in, in Houston, and he, uh he talked about how he had this like diamond and one formation. Oh my god. He had one guy covering James Harden what the whole it? game, Ace which I think was Ron Ace the diamonds on the side. <laughs> no, diamond <laughs> like, and one is crazy, man.
1: Diamond and one is either a jewelry store and uncut gems or it's what West flips over at Ennis's poker game. Yo, man.
0: diamond and one is like you're only you're only outs. As yeah, they, yeah, as they yeah. go to the river. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be an yo, ace or diamond. Yo,
1: I gotta look up diamond and one man. This is the first time I've ever been interested in
0: X's and O's because this so, sounds exotic, man. Because he was talking. Because he was like, once. So we had one person covering James Harden like wherever he went, and yeah. then after James Harden crossed half court, the top of that diamond will come over with the double team and force him <laughs> to get rid of the ball.
2: Oh, come on, man.
0: Honestly, Nick coaching Kyle Lowry to destroy, like, cohesively, like, the two of them destroying the sport of basketball around Kawhi Leonard is, it was actually just a holy trinity for me, man. Good for them.
1: Man, how about Kyle somehow finds his way to Philly, man? Kyle Embiid and, and Nick Nurse.
0: Oh, I don't want to see that, man. I think Kyle could actually take the 6 team over the top. <laughs> no way, man. After all the talk of them not trading for Kyle that year. I think what they're missing is 15 fouls and, uh, and 12 points. The double-double. The Kyle-Larry double-double. Oh man,
1: what a performance! Um, all right, I think that's it, man.
0: What we're not doing a basketball reference game?
1: Oh, unless you got for me, I didn't prep for you.
0: Wow, bro, why yeah. don't? All right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll pull up some off the top of my head here.
1: All right, off the top, my bad, man. I, I got I'll prep.
0: Damn, bro. Um, yeah. So first off, like that was not a good basketball reference performance from uh. From our man, Oren Weissfeld, I think oh, maybe was, he, o? he was just tired, but um yeah, yeah th- tired, that was but not, all, it.
1: not everyone can step in the octagon like this, man,
0: but he was bricking like very obvious ones, man.
1: we gotta play that game with like Joe Cash or something.
0: I had to basically tell him exactly who um some of the players were, so that yeah, was so you were d-
1: you were disappointed by the big O,
0: yeah, all right, I got three players, all right, three players who have played with uh Jamal Murray. Um, please one night just no theme no there's a theme here this one is probably way too easy for you I'm not even gonna give you when he was drafted that's Um, not fair
1: man
0: okay fine I mean I guess I
1: pulled out on you too so yeah
0: no 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 no, it's fine I just think it's so easy that you'll guess it so quickly Um, fifth fifth overall 2000 NBA draft started his career with Orlando for three seasons then got traded to Memphis where he played in Memphis for seven seasons Mike Miller? Yeah. <laughs> That's just too easy. No, I, I shouldn't have checked this one, man. I forgot Mike Miller was on the Nuggets, though. He was? Yeah, he was what? teammates with Jamal Murray when he was a rookie.
1: What? Oh, so this is like late career.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Damn. I thought Mike Miller was still heat culture. Like, is he part of the team now? I don't know.
0: all right. All right no, he's
1: coaching right. somewhere.
0: This all one's right. not even fun to do. Okay, hold on. This is a bad theme. My bad, man.
1: No, it's all good. Switch it up, man. Doesn't need to be themes. Yeah. No one's ever. No one's ever pressured you to uh, have a. Hold on, hold to... on. Can
0: I just? Can I give you this other one that it does fit with this theme, though? It's okay. So fine. Funny, let's do man. it.
1: All right. Let's do it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'll buy you lunch tomorrow if you get this one. <laughs> oh god. I hope they're serving lunch, but go ahead. Uh yeah. Well, that will count for me buying you lunch. um Also, is the
1: thing outdoors? No. Anyways, what? No.
0: It's gonna Anyways. be at the 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 Sportsnet desk essentially, where they typically do their pregame stuff like that. Anyway, they said um,
1: in case of rain, we'll be inside instead. Anyways, go ahead.
0: Why would you do it outdoors, man? Anyways, okay, all right. Um, this player was undrafted. Started his mm. career with Washington in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. Played eleven games there. Mm. All right. Following season starts off in Washington. Uh, then plays in San Antonio very briefly, then plays in Cleveland where he finishes out the year. This is 2010-2011, his sophomore year. 2011-2012 mm. plays in Cleveland. 12-13 mm. is in Cleveland. 13-14 in Cleveland. And then 14-15, the year LeBron arrives, um, this player plays briefly in Denver where he used teammates with Jamal Murray as a rookie, then finished the season in Portland, then played one season with the New Orleans Pelicans, fifteen sixteen, where he actually started 38 games. What? And then went back to Denver in sixteen seventeen to finish his career. I suppose that's when he was teammates with Jamal Murray. Is bad. he so a he,
1: big? He was a wing. So not a big, not like a power forward. No, this is so funny. man! I can't wait to tell you who this is. Not DeJuan Blair, right?
0: <laughs> no, not
1: okay. DeJuan oh. Blair,
0: man. Shouts to the man with no ACLs.
1: Oh man. 2009. You said he was undrafted?
0: Undrafted. Undrafted.
1: No, he was on I, those... I got to
0: find you some different ones, man. This is this one's not fair.
1: He was on those bad Cleveland teams.
0: He was on those bad Cleveland teams. Yeah, he was teammates with CJ Miles of Strictly Hoops and also of this podcast.
1: I know, I know this name, man. He's a weirdo. Oh, yeah,
0: this man. is definitely a weirdo.
1: Not like Samardo Samuels or something.
0: Oh, that's a great pick, but way off. Way
1: off? Oh, my God. Getting that's a way off, off in this man. game hurts, man.
0: Mm. He's a swing man? He's a swing man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Do you remember him by any of these?
0: Man. Um, it, I would say Cleveland is probably it. I mean, he started like, like, all, all 82 back. games for the Cavs one year.
1: Goodness, man. Yeah. I know he's bad though, if he was on those teams.
0: Yeah. He was on the 12-13 Cavs with uh with Kyrie and and uh Anderson oh, yeah, and Verzow.
1: Uh, this is gonna kill me when I hear the name.
0: Ugh, oh, booby Gibson was still there? Oh man.
1: Cleveland on the bad LeBron teams.
0: Mm, this guy was this teammates guy, with Luke Walton.
1: This guy probably skinny as hell. Um
0: <laughs> How did you get that? I mean, I don't even think that's necessarily true. I got to look up pictures of him, but what about this career suggests he was skinny as hell?
1: No, just on those Cleveland teams. All their swing mans were like nobodies, and they're just all skinny as hell. Probably no, wore a he, headband.
0: He was kind of bulky. No headband. No headband.
1: No, I can't get this guy. I'm going to be, so be so mad. You're going to be so mad, man. Yeah, what's up?
0: It's Alonzo G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no way you were ever going to get no, this No, you know no. what?
1: I burnt... It was... The... Once I burned Samardo Samuels, that was really the only one I had. I didn't all have right. Alonzo G in me.
0: No, that wasn't really fair. My bad. These, these are bad so themes, stupid, man. man. This I'm is a so bad, bad theme. All right, I'm just going to give you random players, all right?
1: Yeah, please, man. Like I've said, no themes.
0: Okay, okay. All
1: right.
0: Uh, okay, this player was the 11th overall pick in the 2008 NBA draft. All right. Okay. Drafted to Portland, yeah. where he played the first two years of his career Next season, he split his time between the New Orleans Hornets and the Toronto Raptors, where he played for two seasons from 2010-2011 to 2011-2012 in Toronto. Yeah. Then Memphis for two seasons, Boston for one season, Milwaukee for two seasons, and then played two seasons in Philadelphia: 16, 17, 17, 18 and wrapped up his career in Minnesota in 2018-2019. So he was on I suppose he might have been at the Timmy Butler practice to be honest with the Timberwolves.
1: Spent time in Toronto though. And then went to Memphis. Yeah. Memphis, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Mhm. Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, he was there for two seasons. One of the seasons he only played three games. The next season, he played thirty nine games there, made eleven starts, which is kind of ridiculous. Guard. Yeah, he's a guard.
1: Who the hell is this?
0: Oh wow, this is a this is the the year the Sixers got uh, Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova, and, and uh, I know really, this player really made right. A run. Oh yeah, you definitely know this player. Yeah, for sure. Jared this, Jack? This, no. No, way off.
1: Why did Portland? Portland, and then he goes to New Orleans?
0: Yes, started out in Portland. Yeah, started out in Portland.
1: And then goes to New Orleans, and then goes to Toronto.
0: Yeah, briefly in New Orleans for 11 games. Then in Toronto for 60 games one season, and then 31 games the next season.
1: So he got traded in the Pager trade?
0: I suppose, yeah. Let me me check. Let me double check on that. Then
1: he goes to Memphis. Portland. 11th overall.
0: Yep, it was the page of trade. Oh, shout out to hell? David Anderson and Marcus Banks. Who and Jared hell? Jack, as you mentioned.
1: When in this trade, man?
0: Damn, this guy was traded for Jared Jack twice. Impressive.
1: He's a guard.
0: He's a guard. For sure he's a guard.
1: 11th overall. It's been too late. Oh,
0: man. Oh, he was part of the Jimmy Butler trade. That's how he arrived from Minnesota to Philadelphia. Interesting.
1: So he went with Jimmy,
0: yeah. He was definitely there then in, in, in Minnesota when Jimmy From took the third stringers
1: to Philadelphia.
0: He might be one of those third stringers that Jimmy took the to beat
1: cat, <laughs> but he was in Toronto. He was a Raptor,
0: he was, or he was definitely a Raptor. Man, come on, man. But
1: then he had such a long career. Yep, Shh. yeah. I don't think I can get this one.
0: Let me give you one more hint, man. Yeah it was a, he had a great summer league one time
1: that's not going to help man i don't watch summer league <laughs> like oh, okay. that's not bad. that's not going to help me man <laughs> like this guy thought he was going to unlock all the secrets oh, for me, my, man. Bad, my bad, you know you know like tonight's the last basketball i'm watching in 4 months oh. bro
0: he was on he was on the okay think about it 2010 2011 2011 2012 toronto raptors and he was a guard just based off that alone i know you can get it man
1: No, I don't know. My brain's not wired properly to get this right now.
0: Yo, you're going to be mad when I tell you who this is.
1: No, give me a sec. Toronto, Memphis. Yeah. Boston. Milwaukee.
0: Milwaukee and then Philadelphia? Milwaukee and then Philadelphia, yep. Fairly healthy for Milwaukee, man. 77 games played and then 52 games played for Milwaukee in the two seasons. Played that much? Yep.
1: And he was a guard that used to be on
0: those bad Raptors teams. Mm-hmm. We'll say combo guard. We'll even give you that. Not a point guard. Why am I not getting? Not this a shooting guy? guard, really, because he's kind of small. Killing me, man. Boston. Does he have a nickname? He doesn't have a nickname. Yeah, I don't remember him having a nickname.
1: No, I can't get this one.
0: Man, Jared Bayless.
1: Oh my god! I'm so mad.
0: I know. I, I, do. uh, I don't know why. This, I
1: don't know why I'm so stuck on Jared Jack, and then I just messed me up.
0: No, that's that's crazy. Yeah, he was traded for Jared Jack twice, which. Uh, oh yeah, I Jared Bayless was on
1: those stupid Sixers teams, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was so bad. <laughs> he did absolutely nothing. Yeah. This. Oh man. No, this this is a big blunder by me. I should have gotten that one. No, nah, man. Should have gotten that one.
0: All right, you all got right, one. For you got more. I, I got I got I got two more for you. But we'll, 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 two? let Let's let's switch up first. Let's switch up. I, I I'm gonna go back into your era. Okay. But l- l- give me some first. Oh, you, no, you want to play two? I thought you said you were gonna look up names.
1: No, man. I said I was gonna look it up next time. Give me a. Oh, second. okay. Basketball all right. Reference, 2007 draft.
0: Okay. All right. Because this is this 07 sweet which one, which, spot, What draft was that? KD? Is that KD draft? That's a KD draft. Uh, don't, Greg don't, and you worry, Katie. don't you worry about it, man. Okay. All right, man. All right, let's go.
1: You don't want anything
0: easy, right? No, give me a Jared Bayless level of difficulty.
1: Yeah, you got it. Um, yep. Drafted in the second round, 31st overall, 2007, by Houston. Okay. Spends the first... Three years in Houston. Okay, so 07, 08,
0: 09, Houston.
1: Yeah, and then 2009-10 starts in Houston, ends in Sacramento. And then the next year, 2010-11, Sacramento. But then ends the year in New Orleans. 2011-12, New Orleans. 2012-13, Golden State. 2013-14, Sacramento. 2014-15, Sacramento. 2015-16, ends his career in
0: Philly. Who is this? Kevin? No, that's not Kevin Martin. No, way off. Houston, second-round pick. So Okay, so played in Houston, then Sacramento, New Orleans, Golden State. Sacramento. What was the second yep. Sacramento
1: stint? Second the... Sacramento was 2013-14 and then
0: 2014-15. And then finished in
1: 15-16 with the... 15-16 finished with Philadelphia.
0: Man. Okay. Second round pick. Hmm. For the Houston Rockets. I feel <laughs> no, like I'm I remember those Houston cra- Rockets. Give me a
1: crazy one after,
0: man. <laughs> Who is this, man? Uh, it's it's, a, it's it's not chase buttinger <laughs> no way off <laughs> oh is it okay all right good guess though damn but way off who was on those Houston Rockets teams, bro I feel like I know everybody Carl Landry
1: I, yeah, I knew I was you Carl go. Landry
0: actually I knew man I could have just looked at this longer yeah I remember because I yeah. remember um that 15-16 16 Sixers team was so bad game 82 of the season Carl Landry scored like 20 points in the fourth quarter and like they were chanting MVP for him for that like 15 even, win team, I don't even remember him on. This I remember month. writing a whole st- story at the score about this, that was kind of wild. That was like a yeah, process, Landry, man. oh, yeah, that's crazy, man. That was like all the right, last year, NB was we'll hurt. Find. I think.
1: No, that's all right, sick, let me man. see if I can find another one for you. All right, I need, I need some
0: fresh paper, man. <laughs> no, that's crazy. <laughs> no, nah, I'm pulling it straight out of
1: this printer, man. Who what? can I find that's insane? All right, let's do this one.
0: All right. no, i know jr's <laughs> waiting up just so that we could do this stupid basketball <laughs> reference game he
1: messaged me randomly last night he's like you guys recording right now i'm like no bro. oh yeah. oh i'm happy you told
0: him no because I, I forgot to tell him because i went to sleep at like no, 11 chain
1: of command is so funny man um yeah.
0: all
1: right this man was drafted 11th overall in the first round by the new orleans hornets in 2010 um, but then he starts in uh, OKC I guess he gets, just gets traded on draft night okay. so OKC the first two years 2010-11, 2011-12 in his third year 2012-13 he starts in Houston and then ends in Sacramento 2013-14 2014-15 he's with the Knicks 2015-16 he's with the Clippers
0: Wait, hold on. 2013
1: to 2014 is with the Knicks? 13-14 is one season. That's with the Knicks. 14-15 is with the Knicks as well. So two seasons.
0: Okay.
1: 2015-16 season, he's with the Clippers. 2016-17 season, he's with Minnesota. 2017-18, he's also with Minnesota, and that's his last season.
0: Okay. Two seasons at OKC, Houston, Sacramento, New York. I feel like I remember those Knicks teams, man. Was I suppose that yeah, was the like year you'll... after Linsanity. Feel... I feel like you'll get this guy. Man. Okay, hold on. Cole Aldrich? yeah cole aldrich <laughs> yo that's crazy
1: one guess on cole aldrich <laughs> yeah let's go let's guy, go this guy nailing cole aldrich with 20 left on the shot clock is crazy
0: no nah, i pulled up from half court man
1: <laughs> all right let me nah. give you one more
0: oh okay yeah
1: i'm on a, I'm, I'm on a heater man that's crazy I guess. i guess that my theme is just random bigs for you right now all right yeah,
0: that's cool man bigs but, are more memorable than guards i would say guards are I feel like are fall, way too man. like one, like, you know, a dime a dozen, you know? Not to be, like, my All side, right. but, like, you know. No, no, no,
1: I hear you. How how deep can I go on this, man? Let's see. Yeah,
0: reach into your bag. Cole Aldrich wasn't deep enough, man.
1: All right, let's do this. Uh, actually, yeah, you should get this, but I want to try it. All right, um, let's go. 2010, he was drafted in the first round by Golden State. Okay. Um... So, he spends his first two years, 2010. What's the draft pick? Oh, shoot. um, Six overall. So, 2010-11, first year, he's with Golden State. Second year, which is 2011-12, he starts in Golden State and ends in Milwaukee. Okay. 2012-13, he's in Milwaukee. 2013-14, he's in Milwaukee. 2014, 15, he's with the Clippers, okay. and then he misses two years overseas. 2017, 18, he comes back with Utah. 2018, 19, he's with Utah, and he retires. Oh
0: man, this is way too easy, bro. This Agpayudo. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you can't
1: like. It's good that you're getting them, but I also cannot give you Nate Walters on this roster.
0: Oh man, like that's you could give like, me, not... me Nate Walters. That's not fun. No, yeah. no. It, I it, you just need to be a journeyman. You I play different places, but no. I feel like with the Warriors, like I knew this was a big right away because I feel like the Warriors were just drafting bigs after they for a while. And yeah, I, yeah, I think no. it clinched them when you said overseas, though. Because when we no, came I back can't... to to Utah, he had a a book club.
1: Oh yeah, with, with Utah. This a, Yeah, this is a good. No, this is a good spirit of the game because I'm not trying to Melvin Eli you.
0: All right, no, that's fair.
1: I think you. Right, I think I, you were able to get three very impressive ones.
0: I'm going to give you two redemption lines, okay? Two guys you definitely know. All right, two, and we are done. We are done after that. Okay, first one. uh, 37th pick overall um, for the Denver Nuggets in the 1996 NBA draft. God. Yeah. Historic draft, as, as people might remember that one. But he was not on the cover. Let's just say that, okay? He's not on the cover because he was the 37th pick. All right. Goes to Denver Nuggets. Um, Plays only 13 games as a rookie in 96-97. Mm. Um, gets injured, then leaves to play in the CBA for a year, comes back to the NBA, plays for Washington for one year, 98-99. Then um, 99-2000, plays for the Clippers, plays there for three years, so from 2000 to 2003 – or 2002, sorry. He plays for the Clippers. Um, That's where he sort of establishes his career. Then goes to Portland in 2002-2003, plays in Portland the next year, 2003-2004. Then he gets traded to Cleveland that year, 2003-2004. So he was on LeBron's rookie Cleveland Cavs team. <laughs> um, then plays in Cleveland the next year with LeBron, 2004-2005. Then plays one season in New Jersey, uh, very briefly, because it only seems like 28 games that season. That's oh five oh six. Then Charlotte for so the last two years of his career.
1: Charlotte Hornets, I guess, at the time?
0: Yeah, Yes. No, this is Bobcats era. No, this is Bobcats.
1: This man was a Bobcats. I hate anyone who was. A Bobcats <laughs> oh yeah, Bobcat.
0: I feel like that's the Melvin Eli special. Any, was anyone that Melbourne. ends
1: up on that Bobcats team makes me so mad. Because mm. all I see is goddamn Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> um, Denver undrafted. Yeah, For, honestly, that part. relevant. no, not no, no, no. Thirty-seven, not undrafted. Thirty-seven. Yeah, he was.
0: Yeah, that that part's not even relevant. Like I don't. You don't. You won't remember this player with Denver whatsoever. You remember them for Cleveland, and I would say for the Clippers as well.
1: Washington Clippers, Portland, Cleveland, mm-hmm. New Jersey, and then ends his career in
0: Charlotte. Yeah, focus on the Cleveland and the Clippers part because those are two memorable teams. Not that I'm trying to coach you through playing this game, but no, I mean, no, no. Honestly, you, not you, you, you're, you're you're in a funk. No, it's not our renewal. It's not way off, but it's kind of hilarious. You said Ira renewable, so. Oh,
1: man. Let's see. Portland. Clippers goes to Portland. Cleveland. He a big or a guard?
0: Definitely a guard. Point guard.
1: He's a point guard point
0: guard <laughs> no nah, this one cracking me up man i don't know why
1: clippers
0: you 100% know this guy man
1: <laughs> this is gonna make me so mad too clippers mm-hmm. he's a point guard on the clippers
0: yeah he like a, a starting point guard too like this this ain't no like This not i don't know i don't even he know just... who would be the backup point guard would be
1: wait hold on hold on hold on portland cleveland no not him um Charlotte, New Jersey. You said he started on the Clippers.
0: Started all eighty-one. Oh, started eighty-one games in the 2000-2001 season. Then started what? eighty games the next season in uh, two thousand and one two thousand and two with the Clippers. What? Yeah. The bro, you remember that team, man. Guard on that team.
1: Yeah, there's the Odom, Rich, Darius Miles, all those yeah, guys. Yeah, but who you, the you, hell? Bro, you
0: got like. Three of the five starting lineup players. So who it's on one of two other their, starters.
1: Who was their starting point guard? Starting point guard. Starting point guard. So Clippers, and then he goes to Portland for two years, mm-hmm. and then he's on LeBron's. He's with LeBron.
0: Yeah, I believe.
1: Cavs.
0: I I. Yeah, he was, on, he was with LeBron on the Cavs. Because LeBron sure.
1: comes in in 2003. Three. Three. Oh, man. I know this is going to bother me. I can't yeah, he got traded to LeBron's team midseason. Hold on. I can't give up on this yet. I spoke Clippers, Portland. Clippers, Clippers. Who else did they have in there? Sam Cassell came later. Um, they must have had another dude. Not him. Cleveland. Who is one of those guards? And then he goes to Charlotte, too. Charlotte. Clippers. Clippers. Curich. Elton Brand. Darius Miles. Shringar, Like, Corey McGetty was there. Mm.
0: So Shots the back oh, oh,
1: oh, oh. Jeff McInnes?
0: Jeff McInnes. Thank <laughs> Yo, you. Oh, it? my God. Yo. Yes. Oh, man. Yo, you saved me, though. I don't think Why? I can What'd take I the say? W.
1: Because you told me he started on the Clippers. That really nailed
0: no, it, No, that's... Bro, that's, that's a regular hint, man. Oh, no.
1: yeah, Jeff is because he was on the Cavs. Oh, yeah. I remember him on the Stupid Bobcats, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was a tough one,
0: though. I, I didn't think it would be that tough, but oh,
1: no, that's that's that good, was... man.
0: No, my, oh, my, my last hint for you was going to be he got an Irish sounding last name. <laughs> you got an Irish name.
1: <laughs> oh, that's insane, man.
0: All right, whole Holy. All right. Last one. Last one. This one, this one should be, I, w- I would say, easier that he was actually teammates with Jeff McKenna's. <laughs> I, I mean, know you hate I those hints, man. I don't know how that helps, man. All
1: right. <clears throat> All right.
0: No, I, I'm picking this guy because I got a killer hint for him. But it was the same draft 30th overall in the 1996 NBA draft. Again, oh, another guy who did not make the iconic slam cover, though. All right. As, as you might have read about in a uh, cover story. All right. Um, uh, so he begins his career in the Houston Rockets, 96, mm. 97, 97, 98, 98, 99 with the Houston Rockets. All right.
1: So two years with the Rockets. Three years. Three years with the Rockets. Three.
0: Yeah. Then plays all 82 games for the Vancouver Grizzlies in 99, oh, 2000. Like,
1: uh, yeah, I think I'll get this. Yeah, go
0: ahead. Next season is with the Grizzlies, 2000, yeah. 2001. Mid-season gets traded to New York where he plays.
1: Oh, actually, I might not get this.
0: Five seasons with New York, four seasons with New York from okay. 2001 to 2004, then placed two seasons in Chicago, then placed two seasons in Charlotte as a teammate to Jeff
1: McGinnis. <laughs> well, it's a hint that you're going to give me?
0: You know, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait a little bit because I feel like... You have like a
1: killer hint.
0: The killer hint might be too revealing,
1: man. Okay, don't reveal it. Is it o, is it is it Othella Harrington?
0: Yeah, it is Othella okay. Harrington. Yeah, right. I figured I was gonna what say was so the hint. The hint was, was the hint? Uh, he 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 featured in 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 Hitch, my favorite movie.
1: Was he in Hitch? I don't remember this.
0: So he wasn't Wait, he technically was in, in Hitch? Hitch, but there yeah. are scenes in the movie Hitch where yeah. um, Kevin James brings uh, Allegra Cole to the New York Knicks game. That's where he famously eats a hot dog oh, and sports like I mustard do remember all over his now. jacket. He was there. Yeah, yeah, he was in the game. Um, for oh, the New York yes, Knicks I do that night. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the I big do remember o. this.
1: Okay, I'm actually glad you didn't give me the hint because I would have thrown me off so bad. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I think <laughs> you would have got Othello Herrington. He was... No,
1: if you said he was an itch, I would have been way off for like half an hour. Man. I would have uh, been like Katino Mobley. <laughs> Holy, man.
0: All right. Well, we did it that does it for the podcast um so tomorrow yeah so yeah tomorrow uh we will have another episode so if you want to first off if you want to listen to a live that's probably the best way to get it
1: yeah tomorrow uh, as in today now that you're getting the podcast so on tuesday tuesday four <laughs> to yes five.
0: so tuesday between 4 and 5 p.m eastern um you can catch us on air we will have um a essentially post um Masai and darko um, press conference reaction um and followed
1: by an interview with a person getting
0: a new job yes yeah. yes that is currently scheduled i mean who knows maybe things come up you never really know but ultimately that's sort of what we're working towards and so you'll catch us on air tomorrow otherwise you'll see us on the podcast feed as always and uh yeah i mean the NBA finals are over thanks to you know Nikola Jokic for treating us to a great time by the way, out to Mark Jackson he finally got to vote for Nikola Jokic for MVP this time Oh, right. This was unanimous this time, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he didn't vote uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Donovan Mitchell. surprised his, he didn't give it to DeAndre Jordan. Man. On his finals MVP. By the way, DeAndre Jordan getting, the, getting a, a championship before Chris Paul. It just, it nah, just
1: feels... that's too petty.
0: <laughs> that feels right to me, man. Shots no, to DeAndre Jordan. that's too petty. Bro, 20 years from now, we're going to be playing DeAndre Jordan on the, who we play for a game.
1: Oh, man. No, you're yeah. right. DeAndre is actually a really good one considering his journeyman career. But I think the uh, will the Clippers give it away. I don't know.
0: The Clippers might give it away, but the wildest thing is it's going to say Boston first before anything else. Oh damn! Do you remember when he played in Boston? Or wait, on, did he not play in Boston? No, no. Now I, no, I got to look up. Was his he screen. drafted with Boston? No. Hold on. Why am I thinking Boston? Yeah, he did not never he, play with Boston. My bad.
1: Was he, did he start with the Clippers?
0: Yes, he started his career with the Clippers. I don't know why I have such a distinct memory of him playing in Boston.
1: You must have him confused with Blake Griffin,
0: No, no, no. no. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, Dallas. I even forgot how big of a deal he was in oh, free yeah. agency.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the whole thing. They kidnapped him. Like, they literally kidnapped him.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he stayed, but then he actually went to Dallas, like, a couple of years later, and it was flop.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. But, yeah. yeah, anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, congrats to Nikola Jokic. Yeah,
0: congrats to Nikola Jokic. Um you know i apologize to nikola jokic <laughs> yeah. i apologize to the denver <laughs> nuggets like you know they they did it so i'm happy for them celebrate all the seven fans of the denver nuggets that i
1: come on
0: man bro how many denver nuggets yo we saw in the playoffs man shouts to ken jong you 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 did it okay congratulations yeah probably shrieking
1: somewhere making an inappropriate asian
0: joke right oh now. man it's so, like ha it's just a joke anyway <laughs> uh, is
1: that your ken jong <laughs>
0: Mm, i don't think i can even make ken jong jokes i don't want to do a ken jong impersonation to be honest yeah and thanks everyone for listening like following along these late nights shouts to jr no more late night pods for him for the foreseeable Mm. future so um yeah i hope you i hope everyone enjoyed these um but otherwise you will have still have daily coverage We'll, we'll we'll pivot more to obviously news and you'll see more daytime drops but uh shouts to you, Alex, for introducing the, the B Ball Paul game. What are we going to call this thing, by the way, man? You know, ball, you know, B ball.
1: Oh, people did have some, uh, they said lose clues, you know, like blues
0: clues, but it's your game. Like, I can't have my name on it, man. That's not fair. Like, mm, I don't want my name on it.
1: Um, someone also said true hooper trivia. I don't know. I still like, I, I really appreciate these names. Uh-huh. You know, I would, wouldn't want anyone to unsubscribe or give me one star, but still looking for the right one. Got you. You know, right when so. you know it's the right name, it's the right name type, like. Mm. I don't think it's... I don't think it's hit yet. No. Someone also said... Someone also said garbage time because that's when I usually turn off the show.
0: (laughs) Which, you know what? You know what? It's usually the the players that we end up guessing too, man.
1: Yeah, that's really the best submission so far. (laughs) My inbox is just tell the Griff story. (laughs) I need to delete like 35 emails.
0: No, my favorite thing is... um... First off, it's not even that serious, guys. Like you, you don't want to hear it that badly. But also, I think the second thing too is just whoever said "Guess Who" with Lou is so funny. It's such a bad name, but it's the memorable thing. No, yeah, whoever
1: said that, full credit to you, man.
0: Like much, much yeah. respect, much yeah. respect to our listeners out there. All right okay well anyway thanks everyone for listening uh please can hear the rate review subscribe to the podcast and yeah we'll we'll have you know this is dark oriakovich week on the show so uh we'll have plenty more coverage on the raptors new head coach but for myself and Alex wong we're signing off and uh, yeah catch us on air tomorrow